0: To find the strength to see this through We are the ones who will never be
1: broken With our final breath, we'll fight to the death We are soldiers,
3: we are soldiers Hello folks and thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk part of the grassroots and conservative conversation. And tonight, uh, of course, we are on the eve of the IG report, the much-awaited, of course, as you know, uh, IG report. Of course, if you're listening to the archive, uh, again, thank you for coming to the show, but you probably know what has happened uh, in the report uh, if you're listening to the archive show. And it will be interesting to see if perhaps some of the things we – uh, talk about tonight are going to be, uh, you know, prove to uh, to be true on what we're thinking uh, the for the IG report. We're going to be talking about other things. We're also, of course, going to be talking about uh, President Trump and Kim Jong Un or Kim Jong Un's uh, summit, of course, and the hypocrisy from the liberals around that. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that. And of course, is also Rosenstein. In trouble, so we'll be talking about that, and of course, other topic as well. As you know, you work to tenure listeners to the show, and we appreciate it. Uh, you go into different topics throughout the night, it is a three hour program, uh, so there's uh, definitely uh, plenty to talk about. And some of the articles you'll hear uh, from tonight will come from the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And so I appreciate you know, checking that out uh, in the newsroom. You've got the articles. You can also check out the many different pages there uh, as well as see a list. Uh, it's not comprehensive. There are still some names I need to add on that list uh, to the uh, the guests we had. And one of the things I'm going to you know, try to work on, I've got some other things that have been on uh, a personal basis I've been trying to get together. But hopefully they pan out over the summer and I'll be able to really you know, start getting some more guests on here as well as we've had in the past. Uh, You know, so we'll work it on that. Of course, it's still working on uh, my campaign to send my daughter to Italy. So if you're out there and you're listening now and uh, you want it to or would like to donate, just go ahead and go to the give page uh, while you're listening to the show and go ahead and uh, do that. I'd really appreciate it. And any amounts, of course, is uh, appreciated. It could be either done uh, anonymously or you can put a, a note in there. Uh, either way, it's definitely appreciated by myself. Again, you can find the link there on the Give page, as well as other wonderful organizations uh, that you can find there. Uh, for those ones you'd like to check out as well. Uh, but, again, let's get back to uh, what we we're talking about on the show, because, I mean, I, I frankly don't like <laughs> uh, bringing that up about, uh, you know, the, the fundraising thing, but it is something that would uh, greatly uh, help me out, especially with other things that have unfortunately uh, cropped up in the uh, recently uh, that they have to take care of things, you know, as, as life goes. We don't plan, but we still want to try to make sure that those things that come up don't uh, hinder us uh, in doing the other things that we uh, have already planned uh, and set ourselves to do. Uh, but anyway, so we do got some callers in. We'll get you in uh, shortly. Uh, but just as you know, as a recap, uh, what we're going to be going over is, that, and let me tell a little bit about my, my opening mile. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that or what a lot of the, the TV folks do, but, before we bring just about a minute before I bring uh, our callers in, push the one on your number dial, and it gets you in the show. And the biggest thing is uh, I really hope, and we'll be talking more about this, that this IG report is going to be all what uh, a lot of people are hoping for. Uh, but as Trump is uh, known to say, <laughs> even in regards to our beginning topic, is, oh, well, we shall see. And that's one of the things uh, that you know, he did put out there is like, look, we're going to try. It's very historic, the summit. Uh, there in um, with Kim Noon Uh so that was pretty uh you know it was it was historical. I actually stayed up late so I can listen to it. Uh, or watch it I should say. Um so I used to listen to the radio. Uh watch, it was it was pretty historic. Of course the Liberals, you know, we'll 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 get we'll get to that. Let's go ahead and get to our callers of course you'll hear it from myself. Uh but let's go ahead and bring in Joseph from Hawaii. So we had uh a candidate from Hawaii on last week so, if you'd like to listen to that show, uh, you could definitely visit our archives, uh, where you can listen to uh, our guest we had on last week, who is uh, running for state representative for Hawaii. So, it's, it's always interesting to hear people from literally around the country uh, on you know who are running for candidates and things of that nature. But let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Joseph. Uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you this evening?
4: I'm fine, Robert. Aloha to everyone out there. Great to be back on the show. And, uh, yeah, very, uh, interesting, uh, candidate that you had on last week. So, um, it just shows you how much exposure you have all the way from the Atlantic all the way to the Pacific. So, great show.
3: Well, I definitely appreciate it. Thank you, Justin.
4: Yes. So, um, you know, the number one topic that's on my mind here is, uh, the summit. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hide it. I've been a staunch opposer of Trump from the very beginning. You know, I, I campaigned against him in 2016, and you know, there's things I like about him on a professional level, and things I don't. But I would have to say that this is the most positive. Uh, this is the most positive thing that he's done in his presidency so far to me and being able to be the first president in history to actually uh, have a face-to-face meeting with the uh, dictator of Korea, uh, North Korea, and actually, you know, um, get the dictator to agree to denuclearization. And I also do agree with um, Trump on his trade policies. You know, it's, it's about time that someone puts their foot down and, you know, if our allies are truly our allies, then they're just allies in name because for, for decades and previous administrations have, have had the fault of doing nothing about them. They've been ripping us off in trade tariffs, Uh, and they're supposed to be our supposed allies. So the ones on the left say, Oh God, goodness. No, you you know, you can't attack our allies. Oh no. What Trump is doing is horrible. Um, And it's a double standard, because at the end of the day, if they are truly our allies, that's why I call them our allies in name only, then our allies will not want to be ripping us off. Our allies would work to us to make a fairer system. And so what our allies have been doing, what previous administrations have allowed our so-called allies to do, is to continue ripping us off in trade and, you know, uh, continue down that road. And we're just supposed to appease. And smile and say, it's okay, Canada. Uh, It's okay, Europe. Uh, It's okay, France. It's okay. No. You know, for once we have a president who's putting his foot down. So in that regard, I've garnered uh, the greatest respect I've had for him so far uh, in seeing that. And I do believe that if this continues to go in a positive direction, then my prediction of the House and the Senate going to the democrats i think this could be definitely a game changer i definitely really do and i think the left's rhetoric of uh, attacking trump on this instead of giving him praise i think it's going to fire back on them at the worst time of all uh and also uh a uh, political came out with a poll uh with an approval rating of 46% that's the highest approval rating that president trump has ever had throughout his presidency And they also said at this very same juncture, in 1982, Ronald Reagan polled at the same percentage approval rating, and so did Obama in 2010. And so this may be our dark horse, the bold move or series of moves may be the dark horse or the knight in shining armor to save the GOP from losing the Senate and the House.
3: Yeah, and there's been talk for a long time, and they are really starting, you know, trying to set the narrative that there was this, going to be this blue wave coming, and they tried to use some of the, uh, you know, the recent election, special elections, you know, to kind of show that. Uh, but I tell you what, there was just a here, here's a something that kind of may show what the weather is. That this ain't a general election, you know, or a special election, but it was a prime, Republican primary where I'll be honest, I can't remember the guy's name, but but he, he's never lost an election in South Carolina. This guy never lost an election and he lost uh, you know recently to his opponent in the primary Republican primary uh, for I believe a house, you know a house seat in South Carolina because you know he's recently was was bashing Trump so I think you know there's there's the, the Trump effect where uh, you know this guy I'm not in the Trump effect I mean it's you know Getting rid of the swamp, you know, maybe getting getting the non-career politicians. coming I mean, this guy's been, you know, a politician for for decades, and he actually you know, was met his, his first uh, loss uh, ever uh, as running. So I mean, that could be about uh, you know about whether to what's you know going to happen in the future. And also, what you stated is, you know, it's only. I mean, November will be here before you know. It's only five months away. So the election's less five months away. But if, as you say, as you point out, uh, Joseph, as people see, you know, things start to develop with North Korea and, you know, things start actually happening and they start, you know, seeing and then they keep hearing the, uh, the left be like, you know, lambasting them and, and showing their hypocrisy. And we're, we're going to show some examples of the hypocrisy in a little bit. Um, but I, I do, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, they might actually lose a. Lose seats and you know get a Republican majority. And I tell you what is is Trump gets more successes, and if there's a way they can finally get that information out about you know some of the Trump successes, and if if these things come out about you know, we're, we talked about later on tonight, you know with the IG report about Rosenstein and he's actually you know really starts to expose you know what's going on and, and proving Trump right, uh, you know all this time, uh, I think if those things start to come out, and then they you know they can start beginning the I don't want to call it a narrative, but you know, putting out there, look, you really want you know Trump's agenda, his populist agenda, and, and, and I, I call it that more than even a you know a conservative or, or a Republican agenda. But if you want his populist agenda, then you know you're going to even though it's going to benefit the Republicans, but you're going to need you know a supermajority, you know maybe in the House and Senate and things of that nature, so that you know there's more can get done you know, more of his, you know, policies and, you know, can get it. An, and, of course, you want to be able to keep them because, you know what, the Democrats do get the House or the Senate, uh, they're going to try to impeach him. I mean, they want him out bad, you know. But with this, uh, you know, and the, the, the point here is with these things developing, and it, it's going to take, you know, a little bit of time. But within the ensuing months of this agreement, now there's, and there's already some benefits. You know, they're talking about the repatriation of some of the uh, – you know some of the loss from the Korean War, bringing them back. Okay, and so there's talk about that. So that that's a positive step. You know, so you sure know, enough. supposedly they've already dismantled some things. Good,
4: And and I'll add just one more thought. What's really scary is the last time the Democrats took control of the House and the Senate was in 2006, and that paved the way for Barack Obama to be elected in 2000 and, uh, 2008. The last time the Republicans took back the majority in both houses in 2014, it paved the way for a Republican president to be elected in 2016. So there's kind of a trend there. So, um, you know, my fear is if it's the Republicans, well, then Donald Trump has a good chance if that pattern continues of holding on in 2020. But if it's the Democrats, History just might repeat itself for the third cycle in a row, and it may flip back to uh, somebody else running on the presidential ticket for the Dems. So I just wanted to point out that last observation that I've made before you go on, which is, which is a valid one. You know, there's no science factored into it. It's just a valid observation of what has happened in the past two uh, cycles that led up to the election of Barack Obama and the election of, of Donald Trump.
3: Oh, no, certainly. I mean, look what all, you know, Obama was able to get through. And remember what Obama would say, said, is you know, hey, you know, and they, they weren't willing to work with the Republicans. And they were like, look, elections have, compl- you know, consequences. Remember that? Um, <laughs> so it's like, okay, you know, there's, uh, there's a, some hypocrisy there for you. And speaking of hypocrisy, of course, you know, with, with the summit. Okay, you know, you know, the Democrats are always going to talk about peace. Talk about negotiation. I mean, they're talking about, oh my gosh, you know, Trump's going to start World War III. He's going to start nuclear war. And so, so he's damned to be, you know, if, he be, if he's hawkish, you know, with North Korea or anyone else for that matter. But we're talking about North Korea. But then if he's going to try to, you know, show peace, you know, with these summits and nuclear, he can't win for that. So you know, there's nothing he can do, uh, you know, he, he can win from. And so it's a lose lose situation when it at least when it comes to mainstream media. And then her hypocrisy, and, you know, people recall, you know, back in 2008, uh, and, and Flycatch uh, made this about, comment about the media in the chat here is the mainstream media is the enemy. However, they have too many Americans that agree with them. And, and, and to the point I'm trying to make is I've got coworkers, and we're gonna, I'm going to have an article, you know, that I got from the website. Barge Logic Talk website, you know, on a, one of the reasons why they think Trump is trying to get peace over in, uh, you know, over North Korea. And we're going to talk more about that at the bottom of the hour, or, you know, maybe a quarter till the the top of the hour. But I got, I got an article and made commentary on that. Um, something that, you know, one of my coworkers is saying, oh, well, the reason why he wants peace is, and we'll talk more about that later, but back to the hypocrisy of the, you know, of the left is, Oh but there's peace, you know, and now we're trying that, and then of course, you have Obama in two thousand and eight suggested a meeting with North Korea you know so it's okay if Obama does this, uh, and then we'll talk about some you know a few of the other uh, dictators, oh, he's a brutal dictator, well, yeah, yeah, he is, and that's one of the reasons why you you, you want to make him ch- you know change, so you know can't we can't win for losing, and so like one of the like, like for instance, here's a little list. And you know, Hoover met with Hitler, Roosevelt, you know, Roosevelt with Stalin, Kennedy with Khrushchev, Clinton with Kim Jong the second, and then Obama with Mubarak. So, our presidents have met with dictators, and then Obama with uh, the most recently, you know, Obama with Cuba, you know, opening up Cuba, which you know, part of me thought that was a good idea, to be honest, um, but. Fidel Castro. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, people are like, oh well, you know, Trump's, you know, going all these flags and all the pomp and circumstance and everything. It's like, well, Obama's sitting at a baseball game doing the wave with, you know, you know, like their friends. I mean, Trump might have said some friendly things about, you know, Kim Jong Un, but he, you know, he's not going. to, He wasn't like at a baseball game doing the wave with them like Obama did uh, with Castro, and so. You know, they they don't talk like they're they're buddies. You know, they're and so you know that's in another part of the hypocrisy on there. So we've had leaders, you know, presidents in the past meet with you know dictators uh, for you know for one reason or another.
4: I I agree a hundred percent. You
3: know, and then the, uh, we just lost. Uh, Just lost Joseph. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be uh, getting back in. And then, uh, and also, this is uh, from Flycatch in the chat. Obama was a SJW and appealed to this this disgruntled masses. Uh, But the wind has changed since uh, since then. Gosh, I can't talk tonight. Need more coffee. The average American is their pocketbook. And yeah, we'll uh, let's see. There we go. We got Joseph back on. Yo, yo, Joseph. it looked like we lost your call, but we got you back in, okay?
4: My apologies. I accidentally pushed the red button. I apologize, guys, but I'm back on. Oh, oh no, that's
3: okay. Uh Cindy Todd, one of our uh panels who you know he's called in a lot in the past. Uh I do miss her. We have heard we don't hear from her as much as we used to. Um, but yeah, she used to do that. Especially it'd be worse if you know, during bars logic after dark she'll do that where it's um you know, you can't call back in. So that's, at least you didn't do it then. That's cause that's, that's the worst time. Uh, that's the worst time to do that. I mean, you know, so, you know, what about that point where, you know, you've, again, you've had Hoover who met with Hitler, right? You've had uh, Roosevelt and Stalin. I mean, my gosh, we worked with Stalin, you know, we worked with him against the, you know, <laughs> you know we, 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 we worked with them and, you know, and, you know, and then Kennedy with Khrushchev met. But, I mean, think about it. I mean, Roosevelt, you know, you know, done. They were, you know, working. Again, you know, they were fighting against, you know, Japan and, you know, Russia, you know, not Russia, but, you know, Japan. And,
4: you know, so this isn't anything that's unprecedented. Yeah, and a valid point. The Democrats even worked with Reagan uh, to end the Cold War and, and, and the collapse of the Berlin Wall. I mean, you know, um, this is – in the history of the Democratic Party, this is the worst, uh, how would you say, a metamorphosis of the party uh, in the history of, of over 200 years. There's never been a precedent for the Democratic Party of the Democratic Party of today, um, where they're completely irrational, they're out of reality – and they oppose every rational, logical thing that is in the best interest of our country. So you, you point out great examples of how, you know, the previous Democratic Party, they, they, they yeah, they, they dealt with Stalin, who, by the way, you know, starved uh, millions of his people and, and uh, committed all kinds of uh, human rights violations. And, and uh, you know, other, and, and the Americans are the ones that overthrew Batista the former president of Cuba, and put Fidel Castro in power before they realized that was a mistake when they did regime change. Uh, And it was, uh, you know, it it, it was um, President uh, FDR who actually in 1938, when the Jewish uh, refugees, they were the last people that, you know, the Nazis and Adolf Hitler allowed them to leave um, Europe, But, of course, it came at a price. Only the Jews who had money could leave because they had to give up all of their monetary and valuable possessions and property. And Roosevelt said, no, we're not taking any Jewish refugees. And the scapegoat was, we don't know if they're communists. And you know who took the refugees in '38 and '39? England and France. And so, um, you know, I think FDR realized that was a bad, bad mistake later on. But nonetheless, yeah, he worked with the likes of Stalin, and um, you know, so that that's a valid point. It just goes to show you that I don't even recognize this this party of the Democrats today. I I, I, I can't even say they're a party anymore. They don't even function as a party. It just seems to be more of just a, a nightmare of uh, of of just all these irrational people, for the most part. Not everyone that. They have no sense of direction. They have no platform. They have no message. It's kind of like they're just lost in the abyss, in the twilight zone, nowhere to go. And all they can do is fixate themselves on Trump because they have nothing else. It's like they have no lives. It's it's kind of pathetic and it's sad. And, you know, not enough American people are, are calling him out on it. It's like, you know, Democrats start acting like a, a real party or – Move on. Maybe it's well,
3: you not know, oh Well, they're still living in what they think, you know, they they're still haven't uh, woken up from what they're thinking is a nightmare of Hillary Clinton losing. Um, and that's why they're, and, and Dr. Colbert's got, got a report on DACA. We're going to uh, bring him in when he's ready to report on that. It's a little, um, you know, it's of course, everything's relevant, and he'll uh, talk more about that. But that's one of the reasons why, you know, they're kind of catering, you know, to, you know, folks from DACA and, and want to have all these uh, illegal immigrants and undocumented, you know, they call them undocumented workers, but all these uh, people in because they're, they're going to start losing their because, uh, their voter base because they're not America first. That's why Trump won. Um, and you mentioned some, uh, some polls, and I've got some polls uh, from, I believe, South Korea that, you know, not South Korea, North Korea that, you know, I'm going to uh, go to in a little bit. Uh, but let's it Looks like Dr. Tolbert's ready to give us our uh, the, the DACA report. But again, you know what, they're they're losing the they you know you see how they lost Pennsylvania, you know they lost Michigan. So you know they're they're losing the, the American citizens who they used to rely on. I mean, they're they're, they're you know having less blacks who are voting for them, um, you know less yo- younger people are voting for them, and so they need to replenish you know somehow their voter base, and that's why they're for the people who aren't even citizens because one they're kind of proving not to be uh you know not to be for the americans i mean you know more for you know these people who aren't even citizens of our country Uh, and let's go ahead and bring in dr tober with uh that report thank you very much dr uh tober for coming to the show how are you tonight
1: i'm doing well and thank you uh joseph and uh robert for what you're covering tonight because it has a broad scope of everything and and DACA is only one of the few items that is involved, whereas Obama passes uh, this helping the illegal children to stay in America and the multitudes of millions that were uh, they're trying to say is constitutionally correct. And when we filed and wrote the article uh, several months ago as one of our articles on immigration and citizenship, We covered the OAS and the DACA. Uh, Texas filed a a court order in the uh, Supreme Court concerning the illegality of DACA, and the judges ruled that, in fact, that the federal government had no right to be involved in DACA under the Nationalization Act and Immigration, And that was basically the way we had phrased it, that under the Naturalization Act, uh, the federal government can only cover that which would concern naturalization. But the rights of sovereign states meant that the states would have a right to accept or not accept someone in their state. And we've been pushing that argument for several years now, and the courts have finally come to that recognition. And what we've been doing is where we were submitting single articles, and DACA was one, and so was the OAS, we actually started submitting 50, 60, 70 pages of eight or ten articles. And in this particular article, we went into the ethical standards. We went into immigration. We went into DACA. We went into uh, gun control, and we went into other arguments that we present the Supreme Court and we we presented the president. And everybody looks at these as coincidences, and we're 30 to 60 days ahead of everybody. So people have to understand that DACA is only one of the minor subjects. And when you get into the next subject, which was the G7, and how the president said they're not going to accept the standards being set by those countries that consider themselves to be friends of America, but yet Canada and other countries are charging a hundred times more for us to bring products into their country, and we're in fact charging them little to nothing. And the president took our paragraphs under Bring Jobs Home, Made in America, which was the article sent to him uh, back in April and May, it would be the April article, when we got involved in the issue of we have to stop allowing goods to come into America if we cannot, in fact, send goods to other countries. And now you have Canada and Mexico upset about aluminum, uh, but yet they're selling us a multitude of things. Ford Motor Company. Started building their Fords in Mexico uh, because of the cheaper uh, uh, manufacturing cost. But then what they did, they raised uh, the price to the American people, and Fords making more money through these actions. There's a multitude of things that the American people aren't understanding about Donald Trump. Uh, the, the Democrats are taking the position that Trump is saying, let's work with North Korea, let's work with China, let's work with Russia, uh, but let's tell England and France and Germany and uh, other countries we're not going to deal with them if they don't deal with us. Uh, yet your leading countries today on manufacturing are increasing in some of these dictatorships, which are now commercializing and changing the way they're handling their exports and imports. Walmarts, for an example, gets everything from China. Uh, every uh, dollar that is spent at Walmarts, 90 cents, goes back to China. Uh, yet we're not charging them the fees to balance out what it causes cost to manufacture the goods in the United States. There is the similarities of the acts that you're talking about where the Bush family was the one behind Hitler. Uh, Where there was uh, the different presidential uh, people that were running If you tie them together with the Masons And you tie them together with the Illuminatis And the Jesuits and the bank accounts You're going to find that they supported certain dictatorships Because it led to a more universal Rather than a more productive America The Democrats when you try to put them together, you're going to find that they are more into what if we go to a one world power rather than what if America again stands and is able to do the education, production, and defense. So the article, which is now on org is the article going out in July which is getting into Islam, it's getting into uh, world power, uh, the Sharia law. Uh, it's now 70-some-odd pages, which gets into terrorism, it gets into communism, it gets into the relationships of the Masons, Illuminati's, the, the Jesuits. So everybody that's thinking about Trump, they have to go back and say, can he make America great again? This goes back to the terminology made in America uh, is so important. And how do we do that? Common Core has got to go away. we got to get education back in the states. Uh, you remember the talk shows we did in April on uh, the VA. Uh, we know that on the 24th of May, just about verbatim, uh, the Senate passed a bill uh, going exactly along with Uh, Closing down the choice program and reorganizing it under the TRICARE individuals, and Trump signed it in June. So anyone that thinks that a talk radio show does not get distributed or is not listened to, they have to understand there are silent listeners that are copying what I write and what you say and then providing it to the undercover groups. That some are working against the president And some are working for the president Um, So this gets back to what I just said In writing to Robert a while ago And people don't realize this Don't tell your friends what you know And people say well why not Your friends will tell your enemies Your friends go by numbers of ten, So every one person they know There are ten more people That 10th person is one of your enemies. So when you're the president of the United States, you can't say certain things to your Republican Party that is counteractive because of its incorporation and working with the antitrust violations with the Democrats. So be careful what you're doing with everything that you are doing and hold some things. We cannot, as the president of the United States... He cannot tell everybody what he's doing because if he does, it gets played back and comes back in a negative manner. Well, the well just like the,
3: real quick, uh, just homeless. like how they planned this uh, summit with, uh, you know, with North Korea. I mean, you could not have, you know, what they did just planned within the short period of time they were talking about, um, you know, talking about having this summit. Go ahead.
1: No, you're exactly correct, and because they kept it in the background until it was actually signed and done, uh, the Democrats and Republicans were writing all the bad things about what they thought because they felt it would fail, and because they thought it was fail, they were going to say, see, we told you so.
4: But in Mm -hmm. fact,
1: he did not tell everybody, and it worked, and now neither the Democrats or the Republicans have something to stand upon. And this is the issue that we're having right now. President Trump does not have a staff of people that are working in behalf of the United States. The Republican Party and the Democrats that have been reelected multiple times need to be taken out of office. Independent non-party candidates that would run and support the president would have a better chance of ensuring that the executive branch was staffed properly. Currently, the president has one-third of the staff as comparison to Obama, Bush, or other presidents. And the Republican chair has refused to allow the Senate to go in recess And the reason, because if they're in recess, Trump could then appoint somebody while they're in recess. And because the Republicans don't want the president to appoint somebody that would take the power away from the top representatives of the Senate as Republicans and support the old school, they are the Republicans refusing to allow our president to have a staff of people, when Obama was president and there was multiple recess uh, sessions that went into recess, Obama did and appointed many people. And here you and here's your Republicans, the head of the Republican Party, in the, in the Senate, saying we're never going to go to recess because we don't want the president to have a staff. So that's kind of where everything is at right now, uh, Robert.
3: Yeah, we do have. Uh, I was going to get to the uh, this, this article on, the, and thanks for the the update. And we definitely want to you know keep apprised of those things, cause, as you point out, uh, that they are you know, all relevant. And I, I do have that article I want to get to with uh, some some other polls on there. Uh, and, but first, let's go ahead and bring in Susan. Who'd like to chime in? So uh, thank you very much, uh, Susan, for coming on the show. Uh, how are you tonight?
0: Oh, I'm I'm fine. I'm trying to fix my computer. I haven't got any internet. I don't know So what? What are we exactly discussing um, at the moment? I mean, I good. heard him, this but
3: one... I... well, right now you so know we're, we're talking about you know the the what the, in general the summit the the North Korean summit the summit with North okay. Korea with uh, Kim Jong Un and uh, and Trump.
0: So, so we're discussing that, the namely
3: the the liberal, uh, you know, namely the liberal uh, hypocrisy when it the summit. That's oh, the, the message I got moment. was
0: I I thought it just said hypocrisy, so I wasn't sure who you were saying was hypocritical, so to speak. Oh uh, I well, guess well, well, the liberal. But we have liberals in the Republican Party, so. <laughs>
3: Oh yeah, I wasn't necessarily just talking about. Well, that's why I didn't put Democrats in there, but there certainly are. Uh, you know, you know, there certainly are the Republicans as well. They're not. They're not talking as much. Uh, and really, actually, uh, you're, it is kind of quiet from the Republican side now that I hear from it. They're really not saying a lot. I mean, I have heard a few. Now, there's one guy, Ben Shapiro. Now, you guys might be you now. He's you know not in in an office. But I'm sure you're familiar with who Ben Shapiro is and he was I've seen him on some Fox show or whatever. Uh but he was lambasting the president for having this uh having this uh this summit. He was really upset, you know, all you know that our flag was on par with theirs and you know, this guy's a brutal dictator which surprises this this, this guy's supposed to be a smart kid, right? But, you know, you think you would know the history that we've talked about tonight, I mean he's really just you know, going off, you know, oh, this is a bad idea, Trump should have never done that, you know, and, and kind of not towing the, the liberal line, uh, but, I mean, some of the things were, you know, with what he was saying about the, the you know, what liberals are saying, are basically, you know, all but by meeting with Kim Jong-un, we're, uh, we're legitimizing his regime and, you know, things of that nature.
0: Well, I'm a little surprised that Trump is willing to be so... Friendly with him when he and some of the others are so severely against Assad, you know, because I don't well, think Assad is anything like the North Korean guy. No.
3: Well, and 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 I I was actually thought about that a little bit myself, you know, because they were talking about you know with Syria, and you know I've actually thought about you on you know when they were talking about that. And, and, yeah, the, for some other reason, the, the, they're, they are marked out, and, and maybe it's legitimate. Uh, I know you don't think so, but I, my my jury, to be honest, is still out on that. Um, and they still do bring up, oh, well, he killed, you know, these innocent children and this and that or what have you. And I think you you disagree. You think that maybe they uh, – that the rebels did it to themselves, I guess, to try to get, you know, aside. Am I correct in that, uh, Susan?
0: Yes, I, I believe the – yeah, I the the rebels and – not the government did that.
3: Okay, and so you know, yeah, but thought. I mean, and I,
0: and I think there might be
3: some legitimacy to that argument. But what I'm saying is that you know, and that very well could be a setup. I mean, we don't know. as As Joseph pointed out, you know, uh, all all the things that you know kind of happened behind the scenes, right? And so you really don't know. And I, and then there was a, a friend of mine at, at work, Jason, who's saying, you know. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes that we don't that we don't know about and, and it very well may be that, you know, that was some sort of setup which you hate to think, but it's not that it's not something that's unprecedented. I mean we definitely would like to think that Trump uh would not do, you know, some of the old tactics of what, you know, the US government has done in the past, uh but unfortunately, you know, I, I still think he uh you know, he falls victim to that. I, I, I think he still does, but
0: go ahead. Oh, well, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. And e- even under the best intentions from anybody, which we don't know who has the best intentions, but I'm going to assume some do. The Bible, now now I know, I know, I know how you believe, but um, the Bible, uh, it's in the Bible. They will ta- say, peace, peace, and there will be no peace. So it's human nature. It's human nature. And our politicians are definitely humans. I don't want to say animals like Trump did, because that's kind of an insult to animals, but, you know.
3: Yeah, I gotcha.
0: So. So, anyway, if you did believe in uh, said Bible, uh, you would read that and you would see, and it actually is true. Many lie or manipulate or... It's just part of their DNA to want to snatch power. To, to, I mean, they may think it, they may honestly believe that what they're doing, it, some of them, for the best, but it isn't. We've seen it to the centuries. Uh, you know, I mean, even Caesar. All these all people, well, he trusted them, and then in the end, it was a two Brutus. Ides of March, so it just—it's there. They can't seem to help themselves, and that's I can only say—it's the human factor.
3: Well, and, and then here's the uh, the article I was uh, referring to. Uh, and again, this is—you uh, can find a link to this on the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, would, you know, you know, definitely check out the other page as well We have Newsmax TV there We have our give page uh, on there uh, As well as well as the list of all the folks Who uh, we've interviewed It's not comprehensive I do need to uh, add some more up, updates on that But for the article it's, um, It says liberals are criticizing The Korean summit from the right Here's why they have it all wrong it says with an end to the 68 year war Finally in sight Some U.S. progressives are pushing Trump to be more hardline, which I find is interesting. The fact that the Koreans overwhelmingly want peace, and here's uh, some polls here. At least, I mean, you can take polls here, you know, as, as you want. Uh, but it says poll after poll shows that 51 million residents of South Korea overwhelmingly want an end to the 68-year-old Korean War. And could you imagine that if, if Trump could put that under his belt? Uh, it says, which United States is still officially involved in. Uh, A recent survey found that 88.4% of South Koreans uh, support the April 27th joint peace declaration by North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and his South Korean counterpart, Moon Jae-in. And 81% of South Koreans expressed optimism about the Trump-Kim summit. Despite widespread concerns that U.S. President Donald Trump would torpedo an historic opportunity for peace, including through his reported threats to annihilate the entire Korean peninsula with nuclear weapons. This worst-case scenario has not uh, come to pass. Uh, and even Trump, remember, said you know, he didn't like to do the re- I mean, really didn't like to do the rhetoric, but he thinks that without the rhetoric, these peace, talks wouldn't have, these peace talks wouldn't have happened. And that is a statement I do agree with. He says, when North Korea leader Kim Jong-un met with Trump in Singapore on June 12th, and etched out a four-point agreement, uh, the reaction in South Korea was largely a sigh of relief. Uh, Koreans see the Singapore summit not just as another sensational episode in the story of Donald Trump, but a step away from the 68-year-old unfinished war, writes E. Tammy Kim for The New Yorker. Uh, Yet there's a yawning gap between the optimistic mood in South Korea and the response among liberal media circles in the United States, where many are reacting with a mix of sanctimony and scorn. On June 12th, Kevin Drum published a piece in Mother Jones in which he accused Trump of abandoning South Korea and agreeing to a weak deal. Vox echoed this line with rebukes of a shockingly weak agreement that includes huge concessions to Kim for a little in return. MSNBC, and notice these, these different uh, quote-unquote news outlets, MSNBC's Halle Jackson accused Trump of complicity in the public relations makeover of a dictator. And the popular host, Rachel Bittemounting, Maddow sorry, I can't stand that woman uh, – Rachel Maddow released an episode on <coughs> June 12th arguing that Trump's pledge to halt war games in South Korea is a giveaway to North Korea. Let me, let me make a little mention on that. And after this article, of course, we'll bring everybody in. Is they do – through my understanding – they do two exercises a year. One in the spring and one in the fall. They already did one in the spring. So if things go south, not, no pun intended, you know, with, with this North actually it was intended a little bit. Uh, with with the North Korean agreement, then they can only say up oh, game on, you know, and, and, and have these uh you know, these um, you know, things again. I didn't want to use the word thing. Uh, but but you, you know using those uh, gosh my gosh why am I having such a brain freeze? It says war games, uh, having the war games. Are there. So they could always turn them back on, so that's BS. that now, now I don't know how this works. They're always trying to bring Russia into it. Why do, why are they always trying to bring Russia? In? Uh, so basically, I'll, I'll repeat that. Arguing Trump's pledge to halt war games in South Korea is a giveaway to North Korea that suits Putin's goals. Now what the hell does Putin care on whether we have war games in North Korea? yeah it's close, blah blah, blah, but they, they don't care. Now, here's the thing. you know the biggest threat that Russia has on the United States is something that we took care of back in the end of the Cold War, and that is their nuclear weapons, you know, and then there's mutually assured destruction, so you know they're not as dangerous, I think, as everyone wants them. I mean they're, I mean, California, through my understanding, is a a bigger economy <laughs> than than Russia. You know, I mean, you know, I think they're like the, the fifth, you know, maybe the fifth uh, economy in the world. So let me correct me on that if I'm wrong, but um, but it's, they, it's their nuclear weapons. So, what's happening in war games there? You know, I, it's, a, it's not playing in Putin's hands. But anyway, but they want to bring they want to try to bring Russian and Putin in or Putin in at every at every turn. It says disregarding the robust social movement in South Korea, having protested the U.S. military presence for decades. Uh, These refrains were repeated by Democratic leaders, including Rep. Nancy Pelosi – I mean, I'm just kidding. I pronounced that on on purpose – Pelosi and Adam Schiff, who released a joint declaration ahead of the summit, criticizing Trump from the right by accusing him of not being tough enough negotiators. In this climate, the liberal line is virtually indistinguishable from the hand-wringing of officials from pro-war think tanks, like the Center for Strategic and International Studies, which receives major funding from weapons manufacturers. However, there were important exceptions. Senator Bernie Sanders – you might like this, uh, Susan. Senator Bernie yeah. Sanders released a statement on June 12th, which was yesterday, and i got to charge this laptop, but anyway – uh, June 12th, praising the Singapore summit as a positive step in de-escalation tensions between our countries addressing the threat of North Korea's nuclear weapons and moving forward uh, toward a more peaceful future. For commentary on the bravo US political Bernie. climate. <laughs> what's that?
0: I said bravo, Bernie. <laughs>
3: bravo, Bernie, yeah. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I uh, there's people who still think, I and have, I have to – really disagree that he that he had a better shot of hillary winning the, the presidency and eh, i i don't know i i, I that i would have to, i'd have to disagree with that statement to be honest i, I don't think he could have One, he's, i mean he's a he's a professed uh, socialist and i don't even think uh the liberals in this country are ready for that um and so but anyway the um well, i'll continue on why isn't that charging anyway uh, it says for commentary on the U.S. political climate in these times, uh, which actually I think I read an article just uh, <laughs> recently with that. Spoke with Christine. Oh, that's, that's. I'm sorry, folks. That's the name of that's the where this uh, article came from in these times.com. But of course, you, you want to use the Bards Logic Folk Talk website to get there. But anyway, it says spoke with Christine <laughs> on a South Korean. You like that? my um, little plug there. A South (laughs) Korean-born Hawaii-based peace activist (laughs) has been organizing to end the Korean War under the administration of Trump, Barack Obama, and George W. Bush. And there's a link to a series of interviews with her. Uh, On, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, uh, says she is frustrated and discouraged that many U.S. establishment liberals are deeply disconnected from the decades-long peace struggle led by South Koreans. Any peace deal must necessarily involve the United States, and unless U.S. progressives want to condemn the Korean people to another two to six years of military escalation, Trump will have to be involved in that process. Given Trump's proven willingness to turn on a dime and engage in serious breakmanship with North Korea, she argues, it is especially reckless for self-professed liberals to pressure the president to be more confrontational. Now think about that, liberals saying, "Let's be more confrontational." What the hell kind of world are we living in, right? Uh, it's 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 in a world where the liberals will not even be liberals to stand against Donald Trump. <laughs> That's what I'm saying on that. Um, and so, uh, well, yeah, I right? continue on. Uh, so it, it does continue on. Uh, you can uh, uh, just have one of their interviews there. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and open up what we've got here so far. Here, uh, We'll open it up first to you, uh, Joseph, and then you, Dr. Tolbert, and then Susan. Go ahead, Joseph.
4: Oh, okay. Is it back to me?
3: Yeah, it's back to you, sir.
4: Oh, okay. So, um, you know, I love having Dr. Tolbert on because um, – and, like I said, I value each and every one of the panelists that are on this show, but uh, you know, Dr. Tolberg, um, you know he he really brings in an in-depth insight and uh, in a different perspective, and, and he brings it in based on on not just conjecture, not conjecture, but he he, he knows his, his, his he knows his stuff, you know, um he's very knowledgeable, he could back up everything he says. And I like someone that that doesn't just talk the talk, but he walks the walk. But Dr. Tolberg, in my opinion, um, he's out there trying to do the greater good and trying to serve his country in every way in his best interest. He's not not out there trying to pursue his own agenda with, with strings unattached. And I know it could be frustrating for some people when they don't agree with what Dr. Tolberg says or they're just people who are blinded by the truth. Um, good or bad, and so Dr. Tolberg is is right on and spot on, and the fact that you know he's in constant communication with our president, um, it's great to have him on the show because he really gives us an an inside look, something that that is not going to be reported in the media, something that you're not going to see on your blog, something that really makes your show unique, is to have someone that's in constant communication with the White House and to really give us the real inside perspective of what's really going on versus the fake news. And I, I think that's what makes your show. Uh, and this is not saying it biasly, it's probably the best podcast in the nation and growing. So, you know, it, it's really hard to disagree or argue with uh, Dr. Tolberg because he backs up 99.9% of everything he said with hard hold back. So whether you agree with them or not, you, you 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 can't. There's an old saying: you can you can disagree with the truth. Uh, you there's times where you can't handle the truth, but the truth will always be the truth. Thank and you, the Dr. truth will set
1: you free. Now.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: and so exactly. all I
1: need is a all I need is a bus pass. <laughs> Robert I I don't get the, get,
2: let the
3: let I take, don't get the, the, the bus pass comment, but that's all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll set you free.
3: Um Oh, okay. Let,
1: yeah, let let's take on North Korea, South Korea and the armed forces and then we'll take it into Russia. So what they did on the four part agreement is they said we will not remove any troops, we will send more troops We will stabilize our military in South Korea, but what we will not do while we're under the terms of negotiation will we have the air and ground forces assemble along the borders in an exercise. So the people that are misinterpreting what's happening as far as the exercise, it was one of the requests that was from North Korea – Can you reduce aggravating us so that other people don't think that I'm giving in to you out of fear, but that we can work together on one accord? So the president sat down and said, yes, let's do that. We will keep our troops. We will add to our troops. We will not disband our military forces, but we will not show this to our friends So that they will use it against you Saying that we're threatening you And that's the only way And reason you gave in So he's given respect To the North Korea Which is allowing the North Korean President to say I will stand down on what I'm doing Because we have Reached a common agreement Now Russia Why does Russia care All of the goods And products Coming out of North Korea goes to Russia So when Russia sees that South Korea and, and the United States are going to work with North Korea That means the goods and products out of North Korea Are now going to be used in South Korea And not just in Russia so the Russian president is going to see their goods and products going up in cost. Now, North Korea has Japanese prisoners and also has prisoners from South Korea. Well, guess where they're at? They're in Russia. So Russia has taken the viewpoint, well, we're getting this free labor from Japan and from North, uh, South Korea, and if there's a compromise and a concession between the countries, we will no longer get the free labor forces. So there's a lot involved in this picture that the news is not reporting. So if you take a little piece here and you take a little piece here and you take a little piece here and you start adding it all up, you can see where the president of North Korea has figured out how he can sell his goods, products, and help raise his country by achieving a better image for himself because of the de-escalation of the combat being showed visually where all they're doing is settling it down but keeping in place. So I think that kind of handles your comment that you were making on the article about North Korea, the war games. And Russia, Robert.
3: Yeah, and back to your, your, your talk. You know, you, you bring money into it, and so that's actually a good segue uh, uh, to an, the next article. But before I do, that, I'll get, bring it over to you, Susan, about you know any commentary. And One of the things, uh, and then and then I'll bring in that uh, that uh, that article uh, that I have here as well. Uh, but go ahead if you want to make any you know comments on on that, Susan.
0: Oh, well, I did have something funny to uh, tell. I found this, and I put it in my group. Anonymous sources say that Russia is funding the Russian army. Um, Russia may have ties to Russia, and Putin (laughs) may have ties to Russia. (laughs) I thought it was a good way of them putting stuff. It was a cute little meme. Or meme or whatever
3: no, Yeah, That is a, a cute little mammy or meme or whatever they, they call it. Meme, I think it's the, the name for it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, now, one of the things that and we'll find in <laughs>
0: and,
3: and, and from what? the chat here, uh, what's that, uh, Susan?
0: I said what did – I couldn't understand you.
3: Oh, no, I was just saying from 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 the chat here, and, and this would be financial I was actually, again – uh, thinking about this, and I, I can't remember if I was talking to a colleague about this or not, but um, I, I think this is the only thing that Trump's going to try to do uh, while he's president, either first term or second. Uh, I think he's going to really try to get you know a lot done. I mean, I know, every, and I'd yeah, I mentioned this. I said I know a president, you know, everyone who's president wants to have their own legacy, uh, but I think one of you know they all have. And when I mean by you know they all have their little pet thing they want to get done. Obama's was Obamacare, right? Um, I think. Uh, Uh, George W. Bush's legacy was to get rid of Saddam Hussein because Saddam Hussein tried to kill his dad, right? And so those those two things happen. President Trump, he just doesn't have one pet thing that he wants to see happen while his administration, whether it takes one administration or two, like uh, Obama did and and George W. Bush. Clinton, he just wanted to, well, well, we all know what Clinton all wanted. But anyway, um, so we... I think what Trump wants to do, and, and I think uh, Flycatch uh, kind of points us out a little bit, says Palestine will be resolved, uh, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Israel uh, in the beginning of 2019. And, I, and in part, and I'm not going to digress too long on this, but and in part I think these will also be things we'll be talking about in the future. Because I think what Trump was to do is say, look, after what's been going on in the last 40-plus years, I just want to get all, and this is why a lot of people voted for him, Including myself, because we we got tired of talking about the same issues. I think he might just say, "Look, we've had all these issues for all these years. I want to get all these dang things resolved so we can look towards the future. Because uh, all these things we've been talking—he's th- never said this—but all these things that you know we've been talking about, you know, immigration, North Korea, you know, Russia, nuclear proliferation, you know, things of that nature. Let's you know, let's finally get these things out of the way so we can move forward." And Then he's going to move forward with the space program, we're going to go to mars, but thats that's actually my thing there um, but I do think he wants to get a, a lot of those things done but on the point that you were making earlier, and this is something that's uh now i I decided to keep this article on the uh, barge like Talk website's uh, newsroom page uh, not because I particularly believe in it, but it is something I you know want to uh, uh, call and then debunk and then actually there's a, an article um, without fly catch i I'll, I'll try to get to that as well uh i can't and I'm having a hard time posting that on the um my the facebook page because for some reason I cannot get into facebook i've heard, i've had it facebook for like since two thousand and five and I can't remember my original password and I've never changed my email you know, I shouldn't say that but uh, <laughs> somebody be getting into my my facebook um but basically i I, I can't get into it on my my uh the sim computer got the chat up so I don't I don't know if I'll be able to share at least the uh, there unless Flycatch if there we go fly catch let's do this. Let's do this now live. If you can take that link that you put in the chat and go to the Bards Logic political talks page on Facebook. If you can go there and share that article there then uh, other folks even after the show and they're listening to the podcast they can go to the Bards Logic political talks page on Facebook and like the page by the way. Uh, I'd appreciate it if you haven't already. So if you could share that article there, that'd be great. To go there live there, but this is uh, again, you know, an article from the website. Uh, that it's from ZeroHedge.com, but of course, as I alluded to earlier, uh, go to there through the website. Uh, but this is something that some people contend. Even one of my colleagues brought this up, and I, you know, and I, of course I rebuked it. Uh, but then there, there's an article, you know, showing that there's other folks. Uh, who, and this may be even why, where my colleague at work got it. But anyway, it's called Trump to Kim, and we have heard them say this. Uh, instead of missiles, you could have the best hotels in the world. It's the name of the article. says, so, and now we get the real reason behind the U.S. North Korean summit. And talk that was reminiscent of, the can, of, of then candidate Trump's famous comparison of the Israel Palestine conflict to a land deal during the Republican primary debates. Trump told a group of reporters Tuesday that he had floated the prospect of rebuilding North Korea's coastline to feature uh, beachfront hotels and other developments, allowing the developer-in-chief to relate to Kim Jong-un through perhaps his only lifelong passion, real estate. Trump says he showed Kim an iPad that reportedly included details about how, instead of ballistic missiles, North Korea could have some of the best hotels in the world. And, uh, and, and in part I'm going to make commentary, of course, to the article as I as I do. But what I'm in part is that? Oh, I don't do Facebook. Okay, sorry about that flycatch. But anyway, so you know. With, with that being said, I mean there was a comment. I I can't remember what that comment was. That it was in passing comment, something like this. Um, but anyway, it says the the great. Uh, they have great beaches. You see, you can, yeah. I, I heard this. They have great beaches. You see whatever they're exploding, their cannons, into the ocean. I said, Instead of that, you can have the best hotels in the world right here, Trump said he told Kim. Think of it from a real estate perspective. You have South Korea, you have China, and they own the land in the middle. How bad is that? It says, Trump's comments followed the conclusion of the Singapore summit, which saw Trump and Kim sign a non binding letter of intent whereby Trump agreed to halt U.S. South Korean joint military drills while making other unspecified security guarantees, while Kim reaffirmed his firm and unwavering commitment to removing nuclear weapons from the Korean Peninsula. Trump added that he planned to invite Kim to the White House and two leaders would meet many times for future talks. Let's see if the article continues here. I mean, it's long, but it's got all these tweets and I guess not. I guess most of it's commentary. But anyway, so, you know, people are going to say that, you know, two things. One, you know, so what they're contending or or alluding to, right, is that basically the only reason why Trump is doing this is to – and there's a little more article. You can watch that, but definitely go to it and see more of it. Uh, But basically what they're uh, they're alluding to is that basically the only reason why Trump is having this summit – the only reason why he's doing what he's doing is because when he's out, he's trying to. He's trying to, and this is what the guy at work said. But he's basically trying to enrich himself by being president. So when he's done being president, but think about it. I mean, it would it'd be probably more his family than himself. I mean, by the time he's out of the president, to be what, seventy-eight, eighty years old if he gets two terms. And so yeah, it could be the, the benefit of a family. But really, really hypocrisy. I mean, look at the Clinton Foundation. As if they didn't benefit, you know. And then you know what liberals are going to say? Oh well, they you know they may have benefited, but they created a an organization that helped people. And, and what we'll, we'll think about it? Well, yeah, I mean even so whether it's a business or whether it's a supposed nonprofit, right? You're still helping people because you know let's say he, let's play devil's advocate here. Let's say Trump is doing this so they can build hotels in North Korea in the future. Let's let's play devil's advocate and say that's true. Who cares? So what? Who is that not good for? It's good for the Korean people. It's good for their economy. It's good for our economy. It's good for our businesses. It's good for workers. Instead of people starving there in North Korea, they're working. They're building hotels. Then they're working in hotels. And then who knows? Then maybe they're actually you know, spending their money to relax in those hotels. So how is that bad? You know? But, of course, the contention is, well, they're just doing that because they'll use you know, Trump's different organizations, and that's how Trump's going to enrich himself. And, and that's, again, I think that's kind of the highlight of the po- hypocrisy I'm talking about. They can go ahead and be able to do, you know, get rich off of being able, you because know, politicians, you know, don't have to worry about insider trading when it comes to stocks. They, there's no law against them doing that. Hmm. And then they want to throw someone uh, like, oh, what's that lady's name who cooks stuff? It doesn't matter. Uh, I think uh, she got a pardon from <laughs> from Trump. Um, but anyway, I can't remember her name right now, but that's that's important. It's the the substance that's important. And so, you know, said so that they, they make money, their organizations all the time, and then of course then they want to come back and say, Well, Trump's just trying he he really wants to be in president just so he can enrich him and his family. So the reason I kept that article up there is to kinda of nip that in the bud. I don't think that's the case at all. As I said, playing devil's advocate, even if it was, how is that a bad thing? I'm not saying no. it is. Yeah. Can I ask? Go ahead, Dr.
1: No, go ahead. Yeah, let me just let me just pick you up some numbers. George W. Bush no, net worth 25 million. Uh George W.B. uh net worth 40 million. Bill Clinton, uh th- of course they stole millions from everybody is 80 million. Donald Trump is 3.10 billion. Well, guess what? Obama came in the office worth nothing, and he is net worth $40 million. So here you have a uh, adopted child, Bill Clinton. Uh, here you have an individual who is a non-American worth $40 million, and everybody's concerned about a businessman who is bringing jobs home Setting tariffs and taxes on foreign company importing goods, looking out for the better of America, and nobody taking on. Where did Obama come up with forty million dollars when he started out with less than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars when he was elected president? Can somebody answer that for me?
3: Well, inside of training, probably for once, and then speeches and things of that nature, uh, certainly. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. So, where did where did that well so come from? No one seems to be investigating it either. I really, I mean, even even the right don't seem to be investigating that.
1: Right. And and that's who should be investigating. We should be investigating uh, Obama and how he could have legally, while president received that kind of money when it's against the constitution for them to have receipts other than if they're doing private speaking or something of that order but to be while president for 8 years go from 250,000 to 40 million dollars where is his assets and money coming from if not from the muslims Saudi Arabia, uh, from other groups that are not in the best interest of the United States. And yet no one has taken that on yet. And I think what you're going to find through the Mueller investigation and when there's an impeachment against uh, Clinton and Obama, that this money will be taken away from the Clintons and from Obama.
3: Wow, wouldn't that be something? God, that would be so exciting. And we got we got John on the line. I think he might uh, have uh, some answers for us or, uh, you know, some ideas uh, on things. Uh, welcome very much uh, to the show. Uh, John, how are you? And also welcome, I am the universe. Uh, he mentioned Senator Dole. Pelosi is, in the, is a billionaire, uh, Pelosi. Um, <laughs> it's like it's Obama-rated Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Um and bringing it boy uh, welcome to the chat now we've we, we've got 45 minutes uh, until the top of the hour but if you'd like to chime in just give us a call at 347 uh, 945 push the one on your number dial if you'd like to get into the show we'll get you in but of course you will have to call in in the next 45 minutes or unfortunately uh, we would not be able to get you in so give us a call at 347-945-7428 but let's go ahead and bring in john thank you very much for coming to the show how are you tonight
5: Oh, doing fine. Thank you for uh, allowing me opportunity to chat with you. Now, um, Dr. Tolbert touched on this a little bit, and I'm just going to expand on it. Now, I heard somebody said that they asked President Obama where all this money came from, and he said that the, some group of publishers that had foundations in or connections in Saudi Arabia paid him like. Hundred million or something for all his book publishing and stuff, and then I was curious if it was Martha Stewart was the lady you were trying to think of earlier.
3: Yeah, Martha year. Stewart, that's right. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of her shows, so I couldn't remember her name. Yeah. Go
5: ahead. Well, that's about it. And I just say you know all this information and stuff that. We're needing to uncover from in our government. It's it's like the system continues to operate the same way it's been operating for 230 years. We're we're going to get just different players, and we're going to still beating our head against the wall in four or five years wondering why we continue to work with corruption because we're not trying to change any of the systems that actually allows the corruption. We're just you know playing um, pandering about the issues of the outcomes of things. And we do have to, or at least in my opinion, we have to strike it up to people like, um, you know, Edward Snowden and and Russell Tice and um, what's his name, Thomas Drake, Daniel Ellsberg, um, even Chelsea Manning or Bradley Manning, whatever you call him nowadays. Those people, man, if they wouldn't have done what they did to be the whistleblowers, even though they're getting screwed over by our u s government, then a lot of the stuff that we know of today, there would be no basis. it would all be just fiction in the minds of most people, but because of what they've done in revealing that to us, there's more solid solid or legitimacy to the things that we thought used to just be stories back here, so we got to pardon. Me. Edward Snowden and all these guys.
3: Well, and Trump very well. I don't. I don't know if it will uh, pardon Snowden. I mean, he very well may. You know, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but we are getting ready to go to our next topic. Uh, we probably could have done another hour, probably even two, on this one. Uh, but one of the things, of course, that people are getting really excited about um, is, of course, the uh, IG report that is supposed to be coming out tomorrow. Um so we'll uh, man. I hope it's what everybody's hoping. I, is I just we've been so we've we've been so hopeful about things, and we've just been so disappointed. Um, you know, oh, welcome Carolyn to the chat. Uh, we've been so disappointed about, you know, about things. You know, we're like, oh, this is getting and then nothing. I mean, how many times have we thought maybe Hillary's finally going to get hers, and, and maybe she will again. Uh. And then it's being. I just. I hope it's not going to be a, a big letdown. I mean. I mean. Look at Trey Gowdy. I mean. My gosh. I mean. We had. You know. People are like. Oh my gosh. He's so great. He should be the. You know. This. You know. he should be on the Supreme Court. And oh, Trey Gowdy. He should be. You know. The uh, Attorney General. And you know. The, all these people. You know. Touting. And he. And then he comes around and says. Oh yeah. Yeah. What the. What the FBI did to. Uh, you know. Infiltrate the the Trump campaign. Basically. That's okay. It, 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 that's what they do, and, and, and he should be happy about that. Like, well, the, why the hell then they infiltrate the, the the Clinton campaign? I mean, I was shocked about Trey Gowdy. I really was. Uh, you know, but but there, ahead. Let's hope that um, you know, we, we don't get the same thing here um, with Horowitz. I mean, gosh, you know, I mean, like, unfortunately, I'll be working late tomorrow, so I'm not going to be able to see this stuff coming out. Or maybe I'll get an opportunity to Take a peek at my phone and get things, but um, oh uh, gosh, I just hope it's all. Now, of course, this doesn't really have, a, and, I, and I hope it's the beginning of more investigations. Because, uh, of course, it, this thing's just covering, you know, like the emails. This has nothing to do with the Mueller. I'm getting to is this has nothing to do with the Mueller investigation. I mean, that's what I really want to uh, get to. <clears throat> I mean, I really want us to get to investigating people who are, you know, working on, on that. Um, but I guess you got to take uh, some steps so uh, perhaps if they can you know expose to corruption uh you know with what we're going to cover here uh then maybe if we can you know move over to uh you know with this whole mueller investigation you know b s but uh here's another one again um I think you can find this this one out to double check on on the website uh but this one is uh, inspector general releases date. Of, and this was this is an older article, so I don't even know why I have it. But just um, normally, what I do like to do is to uh, is to keep things more you know more recent. Um, this is the highly anticipated report from the Department of Justice Inspector General uh, Michael Horowitz will be released on June the eighteenth. This article is about mm, five days old. Um, it says that date is also significant because it's Donald Trump's birthday. So happy birthday, Donald Trump! Uh, or President Trump. So it says, in a letter to the Senate Judiciary Committee, Horowitz said he has accepted the invitation to testify about the report on June 18th, meaning he will speak about the report before Congress, four days after the report is released. Uh, for more than a year, Horowitz has been investigating the FBI and DOJ's actions regarding his investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server while she was Secretary of State. He also been looking into a slew of allegations that top brass at the FBI and DOG, primarily Loretta Lynch, James Comey, and Andrew McCabe, abused their power and potentially took illegal actions that allowed Clinton to skirt charges. The report is set uh, to send shockwaves because Horowitz has already delivered multiple bombshells in his findings. Earlier this year, Horowitz's team sent a criminal referral for McCabe, To the U.S. Attorney General's office in Washington, D.C. The Horowitz office found that McCabe had lied at least four times to DOJ investigators about authorizing sensitive materials leaked to the media. According to the IG's report, McCabe lied once to Comey, once to FBI officials, and twice to DOJ investigators about authorizing leaks about the Bureau's investigation into Clinton's mishandling of classified materials in her email. McCabe provided the information to Wall Street Journal in October 2016, just weeks before the presidential election, that downplayed the severity of the FBI's investigation into Clinton's private email server and the pay-for-play scheme at the Clinton Foundation. See, and that's why we talked about earlier about these people enriching themselves, right? It says Fox News reports that top lawmakers on Capitol Hill say Horowitz's report will detail underlying investigative decisions – ...from top officials of the FBI and DOJ to allow Clinton to skirt charges for her illegal behaviors. Horowitz's report will also likely detail actions taken by Peter Stroke, the former number 2 counterintelligence analyst at the FBI... ...before being demoted last year and fired from the special counsel of Robert Mueller's team. After an internal probe found that he had sent hundreds of anti-Trump text messages... To Lisa Page, a former lawyer at the FBI, lawyer with whom he was having an affair, Page abruptly resigned earlier this month amid the numerous allegations against her. Uh, so I guess earlier in June, this month in June, in the text messages between Stroke and Page, which were handed over to Congress earlier this year, the former number two at the bureau spoke out about insurance policy and mentioned a secret society when discussing Trump. Time will tell what happens next, but Trump. Is about to get one heck of a birthday present, it says. And then there's some comments. Uh, but of course, again, this is the uh, the IG report, the much anticipated uh, IG report. And again, I'm really hoping that um, you know. I, and I do get an article here, but we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but anyway, so what do you, and we'll go down the line again, um, starting with you. Uh, starting with Joseph is that, you know, we were waiting for this, you know, a long time. I know, what my, I mean, I, I'm lowering my expectations. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I just say it, but I'm almost stealing myself, no pun intended, uh, again, it's not it not being what everyone hope it is. I could be wrong, but I'm a pessimist at heart to be honest. <laughs> so, um, but what do you think, Josephine? Mean, what, what's your gut feeling about this much-anticipated IG report?
4: Um, I honestly think it's just going to be another, um, another innuendo. Um, we've been hearing about uh, all kinds of revelations within uh, the probe, and um, I don't know. Every time they say a, I think it's more smoke and mirrors. Every time they say something else is going to be released, um, pertaining to the Russia probe and Mueller and the old guy scandal. I just, uh, I don't know anymore. I have no credibility in, in uh, what is going to come out and what effect it's going to have at this point because you know everything that they say is supposed to be supposedly the smoking gun then turns out to be smoke and mirrors at this point. So I'd have to see it to believe it.
3: Yeah, I really hope it won't blow up, blow up on our faces because, I mean, people are putting, including myself, to be honest, you know, a lot of hope on it. You know, and I'm not trying to throw out negative vibes, you know, even though I'm pessimist. I try to put out positive thoughts, positive vibes. But, um ma'am, I mean, I, and to be honest, I think we really are counting a lot on this because if they shut this down, then it's going to shut down all kinds of things. I mean, I really unfortunately think there's a, a lot hinging on this report. Um and if it's just going to end up being just a cover-up, it's going to make us look even, you know, people are going to say, oh, see, so you're just conspiracy theorists. Even these people are saying there's nothing. I mean, and Trey Gowdy didn't help with that. But there's, I think there's already enough evidence out there without this IG report uh, that shows that there's, you know, you know, corruption and, and other kinds of collusions going on. Uh, but what do, you, what, what do you think, Dr. Colbert?
1: Well, let's take on the first thing. Trump's birthday is tomorrow, the 14th, not the 18th. And that the report's right. coming out also on the 14th, which is tomorrow. And that Holleritz was well, he's actually... Well, before Congress
3: plan. on the 18th. I'm
1: sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and um, that uh, Holleritz was actually put in place by Obama. So here you have an oh, idea shit. that Trump could have replaced, and he didn't. And so you have an inspector oh. general that was in place by Obama that's supposed to be the side overseer that is supposed to be independent and not associated or affiliated with any of the individuals within the FBI coming up with a report. Mueller has yet to provide any information at all to the IG. Uh, Mueller has been uh, subpoenaed And Mueller refuses to provide the information uh, Which is, unfortunately The IG report has no legal grounds Of firing or hiring or doing anything It is only to uncover uncover, uh, issues Uh, Do you think that a guy... Put in place by Obama is honestly oh. going to provide information on Clinton, which would then jeopardize the person who put him in office. It's going to be a very questionable 500 pages tomorrow.
3: Oh my God! I, you know what? I totally, totally, totally forgot about that. Oh my gosh! You know, I, I don't take this the wrong way, Doctor Tolbert, but you just made me feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You, uh, well, here's the thing. Well, at least I, at least I give Trump something to say. Say, look, and he can point that out. But here's the thing: that, that I mean, let's try to think positive. Then maybe that would put more pressure on Horowitz, right? To say, look, if I come out and make you know Clinton, which everyone knows is a dirt rag, well, um, except the her sick of faint liberals. But anyway, um, and he doesn't come out with something because. It's pretty much out in the open. I mean, I don't think they're going to tell us anything. We don't already know. Um, but, you know, maybe, I mean, as I said, Trump could turn that back Trump could turn the back around and say, well, you know, look at the source. I mean, look look, look how this guy got in his position
1: anyway. Yeah, there were a couple lawyers on Karen's show uh, last night that went over Horowitz and that he is a very strong-minded, independent-type person and that he may actually present real facts and not hide them. Uh, But there's questionable how he's going to do that because he has asked for the complete list of every name and person that is not been spoken about. And Mueller is saying, I don't want you to know who I'm talking to. I'm keeping them secret because once that's revealed to the IG, then all those names Get placed as the undercover spies And there would then be multiple suits For fraudulent actions From all the people that worked under Obama
3: Oh, wow well, And then Flycatcher's bank It says, how much will do another Kumi? Um, mm. Well, I mean, and. and as I said, if he does anything he'd be doing it the the covers his own backside. Uh but Susan, do you wanna uh have any comment on that, on that or uh, are,
0: are, you, are your No go ahead. I've been, what? I've just been enjoying no, go ahead. listening. Oh, I don't I don't have a comment right now.
3: John, would you like to, before I move on to my next article I got here? I just echo exactly what everybody else has
5: been saying. The the step further that I've said before is I just hope and pray everybody has a come-to-Jesus moment because the psychological damage they're doing to the culture in America from an ethics standpoint, morals, and People just not having any virtues is just going to continue to unravel this um, rule of man deceitfully masquerading as a rule of law, and it's just going to be continue to be a dung-throwing contest at each other until everything breaks down to the point that there's nothing to pick back up from. As long as people in positions of power and authority and privilege feel comfortable using the government as an assault weapon or their position of power as an assault weapon, then there's still going to be the other factions, whether it be a fascist group left in government or, you know, say they do root out the communist and the socialist. Well, there's going to be other factions out in the world still continuing to try to get in on the play here. And it's just the psychological aspect that I continue to see deteriorating. And the rules continue to be manipulated for nefarious reasons, and I don't see any good coming from that. We just keep changing soldiers, but the soldiers are all still doing the same corrupt nonsense. So that's about all I want. I can see at this point. Thank you, though. Back to you, Rob.
3: No, you're welcome. And so, yeah, what we've got here is um, uh, that's the next one. Let's see. I'll make sure I'm bringing the right one. Okay, and this one, you know, again, I believe you can get here from the uh, the Bard's Lodge side. If not, that's okay. It says, uh, the FBI's reckoning. An upcoming report from the Department of Justice Inspector General is expected to criticize the leadership of the Bureau for its conduct during the 2016 presidential election. Um, uh, the Justice Department of Office of the Inspector General is rarely in the spotlight but a highly anticipated report by the department's internal watchdog uh, will be released this week, ending a nearly 18-month investigation into whether the FBI acted improperly in the run-up to the 2016 election. The Inspector General, Michael Horowitz, commonly referred to as the DOJ's internal watchdog, announced in January 2017 that his office would examine allegations of miscontact surrounding former FBI Director James Comey Handling of the probe into Hillary Clinton's private email server. The news was welcomed by both Democrats who who felt that Comey had shattered Clinton's chances of winning the election by effectively reopening the email probe just days before the election, and by Republicans who felt that Comey, after deciding not to charge Hillary Clinton with a crime, let her off easy. President Trump, who frequently attacks the FBI and DOJ for investigating his campaign team ties with Russia, has also taken an interest in Harowitz forthcoming report. What, it is, what is taking so long with the Inspector General's report on crooked Hillary and slippery James Comey? Trump wrote in a tweet last week. Nuclear, uh, numerous delays, the hope report is not being changed and make weaker. Uh, it, says it is clear. Uh, it is not clear whether or where Trump got the idea that Horowitz, known as an even handed professional, as you're, you're kind of pointing that out, Dr. Tolbert, even-handed professional, even current uh, and former Justice Department employees, would deliberately weaken the report. How it served as a prosecutor – here's a little background for you – how it served as a prosecutor in the office of the U.S. Attorney for Southern District of New York and in the Justice Department's Criminal Division and was appointed by, uh, to the – how did I miss this – Inspector General's job in 2012 by former President Barack Obama. And it says uh, Horowitz is an extremely experienced uh, and capable lawyer and former prosecutor to David Chris, a founder of the Culper Partners, who served as the assistant attorney general for the DOJ's National Security Division from 2009 to 2018. It says power is fairly limited. In a non-criminal review, such as one Horowitz has been conducting into the FBI conduct, the inspector general's office cannot compel testimony – From former or non-DOJ employees Maybe this is why we need A special counsel for this Um, While current employees Have to cooperate with the investigation Or face discipline Employees who have left the DOJ Can refuse to talk And can everyone else Who does not work For the Department of Justice That makes this kind of review Far less authoritative Than a criminal investigation Said William Yeomans A former Deputy Assistant Attorney General Who spent 26 years at the DOJ. The standards for including something in an IG report are lower than for proving a fact in a criminal case. I also know from personal experience that the IG gets the facts wrong sometimes. So there we go. A spokesman for the OIG declined to comment on the record. Even so, the IG's findings and recommendations are broadly viewed as credible by DOJ leadership and will in- in eventually be leveraged, or inevitably, I'm sorry be leveraged by Trump and his allies in their efforts to undermine Comey, who was fired by Trump last May and subsequently became an important witness in special counsel Robert Mueller's probe. In addition to investigating Russia interference in the 2016 presidential election, Mueller is looking at whether Trump attempted to obstruct Russian inquiry, which we all know is bullshit. Um, The IG has considerable discretion in making recommendations, Jomen said, there are times when management disagrees with the IG's recommendations and it can disregard them, but it's safe to assume, or at least it has in the past, that Congress will expect an explanation for why a significant recommendation was not followed. The DOJ moreoverly has historically taken the inspector general's work very seriously, said Chris, uh, the former assistant attorney general. He pointed to the forms made a decade ago following the IG report on the FBI's use of internal or of national security letters. Uh, Matthew Miller, a former Justice Department spokesman who served under, hmm, here's the name for you, uh, Attorney General Eric Holder. So I'd I point that out, so maybe we can, maybe what they say is suspect. I don't know. I just don't trust people associated with Holder. But anyway, agreed that the Inspector General's findings are taken incredibly seriously by the Department of Justice leadership, even when they disagree with the findings as they occasionally do. He noted that Attorney General and the FBI directors will often implement new policies and reforms uh, in direction, blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't find it important when I say blah, 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 blah. Uh, so it it is not clear uh, what Horowitz will recommend, but the report will reportedly describe Comey as insubordinate, according to ABC, and is expected to criticize him for going around the DOJ leadership and announcing the end of the Clinton email probe with his decision to award a press conference in July 2016, in which he explained the decision not to charge Hillary but exo- uh, excoriated her as extremely careless with classified information. Comey has said he made that decision because a highly pub- uh, publicized meeting between then-Attorney General Leonard Lynch and former President Clinton, Bill Clinton on the tarmac of Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport in 2016. Nearly a dozen GOP lawmakers have already asked the Justice Department to investigate Comey for potential law violations of law related to his improper investigative contract vis-a-vis Clinton and Trump. Uh, the FBI under Comey uh, began investigating potential leaks between Trump's campaign team and Russia in the summer of 2016. Uh, Democrat lawmakers slammed Comey. So, so, you know, either way, I think Comey's going to – hopefully is going to be screwed um, – and, and blah, blah, blah. And then it says, after a draft report uh, written by Horowitz and described uh, to ABC also criticized Comey and, and his deputy at the time, Andrew McCabe, for allegedly dragging their feet on examination emails relevant to the Clinton investigation that were uncovered nearly six weeks before the election. Comey did not alert Congress to the email's existence until October 2016, where he effectively reopened the investigation only to close it days later. Again, without recommending charges against Hillary Clinton, Harwitz has also been investigating whether DOJ or FBI employees leaked information about Clinton's emails. Comey's announcement, and then just you know continues on from there. Let's see some of these things have comments. Some of them don't. Um, so again, you know that is, I mean, Comey might get you know get something out of it. I don't know. You mentioned that, you know. He was appointed by Obama, so i, I think we may be uh and flycatcher, like yeah, it goes back to two thousand and fifteen so about it was back about three years ago um but yeah, and again it mentions what you you talked about earlier, dr. tolbert, about obama uh you know being the person you appointed was oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot that, but that isn't may uh I don't know we'll 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 all find out tomorrow, but you know I really I hope it's. What we've been expecting so I'm, I'm hoping it just Starts a rift Whereas Or the domino effect Is probably More accurate description Whereas Okay if This stuff, stuff comes out And, and maybe it, Maybe it will And maybe it will be More impactful Coming from someone Who Obama appointed So maybe Again You know Maybe a, that's a silver lining That You know He was appointed by Obama So perhaps If it does come out The way uh, We would like And frankly Think it should You know come out And maybe they'll put more weight behind it
1: Yeah and there's also the thing That there's many individuals Whose names are being hidden That are going to sign a paper That if I tell you everything I know You will not bring charges against me So Comley and other individuals Are saying I will testify If you agree not to press or charges against me for the felonies that I, in fact, enacted. So that's going to be Isn't interesting. But then the case can do that. Okay. Yes, they can. Yep, they can. They, they can actually go to the IG, to the FBI, and they can sign and a paper uh, that says, and they have done this in the past. That uh, people that have committed crimes, uh, you see this in the court of law all the time. Uh, I will uh, I will tell you my friend shot this guy Even though I was there and helped him do it If you don't bring charges against me And let me go undercover And it happens and it's going to happen In this too There's going to be many, many people That are going to ask for cover So that other people in the upper ranks Can be pressed and impeached To include the Clintons and, and Obama
3: yeah, I, 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 I think McCabe is actually was think about getting from some kind of immunity. Go ahead, John.
5: Yeah, and it some in my humble opinion it sometimes is even worse than that. The whenever Trump is in office, he's got the money and the resources. Remember, he took this job and he said I don't even want to get paid the $400,000 a year as a president. So he that $400,000 that he gave I mean, he's giving back to America, plus he's doing everything he's doing to help make America great again. But in what Dr. Tolbert was just saying, it sometimes even goes too extreme beyond that. If they know that you are not a particular person of means and they don't particularly like your way of talking or your political position, what they will do, like they've been doing with Trump from the get-go, is fabricate the evidence Make it up, mm-hmm. make up this information, falsify this information in order mm-hmm. to make sure that you know that if you don't go along, we're going to run you through the court system to the point that you're broke, and we'll take your house and everything else from you and your kids too. So you can go with the plea deal just because you don't have the money to fight the system, and they use our tax dollars to hoodwink you and pull you into that It's just it's it's nefarious. It's capricious, unconscionable, but they get away with it because so many people that's in that realm just either turn a blind eye or allow it, or they are part of doing it themselves. And there's too few good people that are willing to hope, you know, like Edward Snowden and uh, Daniel Ellsberg and Russell Tice and, you know, these whistleblowers I've been telling you about, William Benning. Um without those kind of people that's willing to risk their life and everything to let us know the crookedness that's going on inside our own government, then we would never know. And too many of the um, politicians turn a blind eye to some of this stuff, even though they don't want to get involved with it. They they just keep away from it enough to say, "Oh, well, I don't know anything about that, you know, or make some other vague, elusive Com, uh, comment in order to try to keep themselves out of it but they know it's going on
3: thank you yeah and uh yeah and, and that's you know you know what I'm saying is that I really think you know at least my hope is that this really start this really you know cracks open the egg or starts to unpeel the onion or whatever analogy that you want to use um you know but we'll we'll see this kind of trust we get we've had uh, some folks uh, pop in and want to chime in uh so let's go ahead and I, I haven't done any uh green rooming uh to get names from anybody, so what I'll do is i'll just uh you know what just open it up and uh we'll go from there so let's go ahead and uh and if we are about a quarter till the hour so don't uh, so charge up those phones or mics or whatever you can to call in because if uh, your call drops after 16 or so minutes from now, unfortunately we will not be able to get you back into the show. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, without getting them to the green room. Let's go ahead and open up uh, some mics folks who have been waiting. Uh, this is area code 832. If you could just give us your name and where you're calling from. Uh, we'll, um, getting you in. Uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
2: Hi, my name is uh, Rusty. I'm uh, from uh, Anahuac, Texas, Uh Mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of cool being able to talk to a good old conservative like you. You're pretty conservative, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most, yeah, m- support- on most issues. <laughs> you support the good old president, right?
3: Uh, for in- a lot of the things that he does.
2: You don't. You don't. You know. Do you like that old uh, Muslim? From the Last time we had him. So, Obama, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't hate Obama as
3: much as a lot of folks did. There's a lot of things, of course, that he did that I did not like. There was a few things uh, that I did, uh, frankly. I liked what he did. I didn't hate him. Do I think he's a Muslim? I always, and I've said this on the show, I think he's a closet Muslim. And no, I'm not, you know, I'm just saying that he's a Muslim. I don't think he admits it. Um, I think he just paid lip service uh, to being a Christian, certainly. And, and if he wasn't a Muslim, he definitely had uh uh, Islamic, sympath- uh, Islamic sympathies—that's for certain. At least, you
2: know, in my opinion. Oh, you bet it, uh, man! I saw that old boy, uh, Alex Jones. He was saying that uh, that Kenyan Muslim was had a prayer rug in his office. I'm pretty sure that dude—that uh, true. That dude would never lies, you know. <laughs> I think it's kind of crazy that we got a Muslim as a as a president, and now we got a good old Christian. <laughs>
3: Yeah, he, uh, you know, I mean, I I don't know a lot of the religiosity of Donald Trump. Uh, You know, I know a lot of presidents, uh, you know, they, you know, God bless America and God bless everybody and things of that nature. Uh, Mm -hmm. I really didn't, frankly, follow Donald Trump uh, prior to Mm -hmm. uh, him running. I mean, I never watched his his, uh, uh, reality shows, you know, I mean, I've seen him here and there uh, on the news, but I mean, I really never, I mean, Mm -hmm. I knew who he was. But I never really followed his career for, on TV or business or anything of that nature, uh, frankly, until 2000, you know, in 12, um, not 2012. I'm sorry, 2016. You know, when I, I followed the campaign, interviewing folks, you know, seeing the the Trump movement, things of that nature. Um, so, what do you think? What do you is going to come, uh, Ruster, What do you think is going to come out of the AG report tomorrow or IG report tomorrow, mm. or what are you hoping comes out uh, of the IG report uh,
2: tomorrow? About the North Korean thing? Well, yeah, you you can make comment on that as well. Sure. Well, the short Chinese dude, I don't know his name. Isn't it like Kim Jong-un? Kim Jong-un is is Korean. Yeah, 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 he's Korean. That's right. Uh, I think the know he's short. uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's pretty dumb. I know his country is starving, so I'm pretty sure that, you know, he's not going to be able to stand up to the intellectual capacity of the, the president. I think he got rid of their nukes So I think we'll be able to go in and do what we did to Libya Even though I was under uh, the Muslim So I think we'll be able to topple His regime And then we'll be able to go chop the Chinese regime And then we'll be able to go Around the world knocking out Iran And then we can eventually uh, make peace With Russia We can capture uh, Syria uh, Eventually we'll be able to capture Gaza And uh, the dang Hamas And uh, Palestine so I really do think this president's going to take us towards peace, uh, no matter what it takes. He's smart, smart dude. And I think he's super biblical, having multiple wives. It's pretty smart of him to be extra Christian. Uh, he's super smart dude. I'm super proud of this country that we finally elected him president. He's so super smart. Uh, I'm so proud of this nation. I think it's stupid that none of them boys are going stand up for the, this flag or this... Uh, that National Anthem It's uh, its quite silly You know You know what I mean
3: Well yeah And, and, and that could be uh, That's definitely a Talk for another day But one thing Actually uh, On a couple of your points uh, That I noticed Two things One And two points I, I, I Sorry Russ I have to disagree with you about uh, One is I think Kim Jong-un I think he's He's, he's quite intelligent I mean he, he 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 wouldn't be where he's at If he wasn't I mean One of his siblings probably would have knocked him off before he knocked somebody else off before then. Uh, but, too, was, I was actually surprised how tall Kim Jun un is uh, because when, when I actually made a uh, mention of it um, to my wife, and I was like, hey, wait a minute, his head comes up to – I mean, I've seen Donald Trump. I mean, I've, I've been close up to Donald Trump when he's, when he's at the rallies, when I've been to his rallies to interview, interview food. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, was within, I was within five feet of the guy. And let me tell you something, Donald Trump is a big guy. I mean, he's tall, he's big, yeah, he's a, and Kim Jong-un, if you look at those videos, I mean, he's almost, he, his head, the top of his head almost comes to, to at least Trump's chin or ear. So Kim Jong-un's not a short guy. I mean, if, if he can be, almost, you know, only half a head shorter than, than Trump, he's not, he's not short. Um, and so now, but you did make, a, you did make some, at one point, I, I do think you make a valid point, and then I do want to get the, the other caller in. Um, is that, you know, and you you mentioned Libya about, you know, taking out their nuclear capacity and then, you know, doing the regime change, getting rid of Gaddafi, right? Um, You make a good point that no one really is talking about. And that that point is, is what if that is the end game for the administration? Give her the nukes, make sure they don't have them, and then then get regime change. Uh, That's certainly a, a possibility, um, of course, well, I
0: know. and
3: that might put some some other countries on notice. Like, wow, he's budding, he's buddy-buddying up to uh, Kim Jong Un. They get rid of the nuclear weapons, and then they change the regime. I mean, that that certainly could be right. uh, you know, there could certainly be a strategy that that Trump's doing. I mean, and as Dr. Tolbert pointed pointed out, I mean, you don't want to you want when well, my friend uh, from the Patriot Journalist Network uh, would say, uh, Mark Prasick, uh, you keep your powder dry. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe that's it. maybe that's uh part of the well,
2: part of the strategy. I think this is uh, pretty bad for the, the damn Chinese because uh the Chinese only have a few allies around the world. You know, the Chinese are allies with North Korea, Iran, and I think Yemen. So if we go in there, get rid of North Korea, North Korea. Well, well, real and quick, then uh, then go real, real
3: quick Korea. Rusty, I just real quick, Rusty, I just got a notice here from uh, and then 281, you'll be coming on next, real quick. I just got uh, a. We're going to bring our other panelists in here as well, uh, you know, to make comments, you know, to respond to your comments. Uh, but Dr. Tolbert does have to go. He's got a really early uh, morning tomorrow, 5 a.m. Uh, so that's at about five hours. So let's go mm-hmm. ahead and uh, Dr. Tolbert bring you in so we can get you some right, closing comments you. for you for the night. Thank so you. we'll bring it back to you, Rusty. Right, Rusty, we you. can keep your mic on, you could stay on the call. Uh, that's how we do things here. We don't just get your comments and then say bye, thanks for calling, listen to the rest of the show. Uh, you could stay in, and we'll, we'll we'll bring things back to get your commentary on our next topic, which would be Rosenstein and the, the possible troubles he'll be facing. But let's go ahead, uh, before we uh, bring it up to 281 and then bring everybody back in and, and keep Rusty on as well, let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Dr. Colbert. Go
1: ahead. Yeah, and I just want to basically say if you pull up the height of the president of North Korea – that he's five three to five four, and he wore high heels with a long trousers to cover. Oh, did he really? Pants. Okay. It, well, I
3: I stand that, corrected, that, and that, yes, that I intended is, the pun.
1: Yeah, that that is one of the comments made. There's people that are not coming to that conclusion, but if you see the natural height of people in their country, the average would be between five three and five six. So you kind of have to go along with the speculation that he probably wanted to show himself being as tall as or equal to. So that that has a possibility. Just like the Canadian premier had fake eyelashes and they fell during his speech, people want to present themselves looking good. So uh, we just have to go with that. Yeah. But – It's going to be interesting uh, when we have the next show uh, next week when we review and look at the whole 500 pages. And I would like the audience really given the opportunity to read the whole thing and not listen to what other people have to say and then come to your own conclusions. And thank you for allowing me to speak. Calltoduty.org is where you can read articles presented To the president, uh, the ones that's went out over the last six months in book formats, we're now binding them and sending eight to 10 articles, usually averaging between 66 and 100 pages. Uh, I think you'll find that what happens over the months is in correlation what we write directly to the president. So you guys have a great night uh, and ladies, and we appreciate your time. Hey, oh, thank
3: good you very man. much,
1: Dr. Tober. We'll apologize. see you again.
3: Thank and you. So uh, let's, go, let, let's go ahead and uh, at this point, and again, uh, Rusty, uh, the way we do things here is we'll keep your mic open as long as there's no background noise. If there is background noise, we will have to mute your mic until you come back, uh, you know, until I bring things back around to you uh, to come back in. Uh, we certainly want to hear more of your comments uh, that you have uh, on our topics tonight uh, throughout the show. Uh, we still got, you know, a little bit, about an hour left. Uh, for that, we're going to be bringing it uh, to our next topic in a little bit, uh, but the way we'll do it, we're going to bring in 281, we're going to bring it to the show, and then we're going to bring ba- things back around to our panel, starting with uh, you, Joseph, and then we'll bring it uh, to Susan, and then John, and then uh, we'll, uh, your comments on anything that uh, Rusty or our other uh, commentator here is about to come in, and then we'll bring it to our next topic, which is uh, Is Rosenstein in Trouble. But let's go ahead, uh without doing any of the green rooming as I like to do, uh let's go ahead and bring area code two eight one. If you can just give us your name or where you're calling from, I really appreciate it. Thank
6: you for coming to the show. Um, hello there. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, hi there. My name is Jerry. I'm from Monroseville. <laughs> and um I I just had a few questions. Are y'all um by any chance socialists? Just asking. Are any of us
3: socialists?
6: Yes. <laughs> I, well, let's go down the line. I know I'm not
3: one. Susan, are you a socialist?
0: <laughs>
4: i would say no. Susan's
3: not. Um, are, are you? Are you a socialist, uh um,
4: Joseph? Uh, no, actually, I've never been asked that question. But not to my knowledge, unless unless uh, it's my identical twin. Oh, wait a minute. I don't have one. So,
3: how
5: about you, John? Are you a
4: socialist? <laughs>
5: Well, I, I would – it depends on how he defines socialist, but I would tend to think not. If anybody's heard this show in the past, they probably would laugh if I said I was a socialist.
0: I already laughed. So <laughs>
3: so, so, so go, uh, go ahead, uh, Jerry. So uh, continue. So you've got the consensus here. Uh, none of us here are socialists. Go ahead.
6: Okay, I was I was just trying to see because personally myself, I'm a proud believer in the communist regime. Um, I think it's a great fundamental idea. Uh, the last guy mentioned something about taking down China. That will never happen because communism reigns supreme all the time. Um, also, North Korea. I think it's a I think it's a trick. I think it's a I think that's a sham. It's too it's too fishy. I don't I don't believe that they're being all peaceful all of a sudden just for no reason. It 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 kind of smells bad. I I don't know how to feel about it.
3: And uh, in, in what aspect? Give us some details on, on what what do you think smells fishy about it?
6: Um, just the the fact that um all of a sudden they're be trying to work out and negotiate and trying to be peaceful. I know they were trying to become a a unified state with South Korea, but I didn't think that they would so easily become peaceful with the United States.
3: Well that's definitely good that's definitely a good point um you know make their uh, and they've they've been working on this actually for months, but I mean even it, it just being months uh, that you know that does seem like wow this this is kind of quick Now remember, there has been what they've been calling and you're probably familiar with this term uh you know maximum pressure, so there has been sanctions, Absolutely. there has been military you know back and forth threats we have been doing. Uh, you know, the war games over there uh, You know, Trump has, you know, been really strong with uh, What he called even the other night His rhetoric on possible attacks And it might be like, look, you know th- Remember, the this has been going on for 68 years And, and if, if you listen, we here earlier in the show uh, When I commented that, you know Trump wants to get a lot of things done That a lot of uh, presidents in the past Have just didn't or failed to do I mean, he just doesn't have one thing in his legacy that he wants to have when he's not present anymore. Again, I'll reiterate just because you weren't here earlier in the show. You had Obama with Obamacare. That was kind of his signature thing that he wants to be known for and, and part of his legacy uh, for that. Yeah. That's probably the main thing for him. And then George W. Bush. I think you know, regime change in Iraq, uh, and that's because uh, you know Saddam tried to kill his dad. I think he'll, I mm. think that was kind of his big uh real quick uh, programming note is that uh, we are getting to the, uh, the top of the hour, which is going into our third section. Uh, whereas if you're not called in, uh, you will lose your audio to so call us at three, uh, 347-945-7428. Uh, don't let your call drop, because if you do, we would not be able to bring you back into the show. Uh, so you get got about a minute to give us a call if you'd like to be part of our program and be a part of our roundtable discussion and join us. Again, the number is three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. And so, let's go ahead and bring it back to I believe Jerry, right? And so, uh, my point is yeah. is that they they had their signature thing that they wanted to do. In my opinion, okay, uh, our last two presidents, okay, not counting Trump, the previous two. I think he said, you know what? There's a lot of things that ha- people have been talking about. Not this is one of the reasons why I supported Trump. Is he hasn't said this, but we something different. Let's do something different because we've been talking about the same issues here in the United States, and, and frankly, mm-hmm. around the globe, for for at least forty forty years plus, right? It's, it's time to have something that's yeah. going to you know take care of these issues finally, and at least in the United States. You know, immigration is one that you know they've been talking about. You know, this whole thing's been going on, as I stated earlier, sixty-eight years uh, for the Korean War. You know, perhaps they could finally, say, you know, put an official end to the Korean War. Um, you know, so you make a good point that it, it is – in a way, I could see where people could think, well, yeah, this has been happening kind of quickly. But this is something that's really been going on for 68 years. Um, it's just now talking peace, and I think that why it's happening so quickly is that's how Trump works. He's like, you know what? This is something we've been dragging our asses on our feet on, excuse me our feet on yeah. for 68 years, let's get, let's, let's, let's get this done. Let's get this taken care of so we can move on to the next thing. And where one of the people in the chat uh, mentioned, and maybe been one of you two gentlemen who we just brought in, you know, and, and it may be where they're talking about, you know, Hey, after we get North Korea, let's, let's try to solve the uh, Israel-Palestine conflict, you know, that's been going on for forever. Mm-hmm. Right. So that might be the next yeah. thing. But one thing I wanted to ask you about um, and mention, so what, uh, you know we're open to you know at least listening to all views here on bard's logic. so what about communism and communist regimes and things of that nature? and you think you know China will reign supreme and if that ends happening it's probably going to be from pure population alone uh, but but what what attracts you to to communism and communistic regimes?
6: um honestly, I think that the capitalists are um are just kind of destroying our nations they're taking advantage uh communism honestly helped. It just helped bring our lives lives together. It has benefited all people. As you can see with Chile, it's kind of helping them out right now. They're doing they're doing all right. As a communist regime, it worked for them. Um, it's it's just great. I believe I believe that I don't trust my businesses and everything being regulated by some private businesses. I believe the government should handle it and that they can handle it and they will handle it.
3: Well, and, you know, and of course, we know, all of us, I would say, here are, you know, are capitalists, and, you know, we see seen – well, well but what about Russia? I mean, and I mentioned this earlier on the show, and, and perhaps you missed it, um, but, you know, all these shows are archived, so all the shows are recorded so that you can listen to the later uh, – the show later. You can even, you know, share the, the links with your friends. They can listen to it as well, and they're welcome to call and, and commentate, uh, but – you know, speaking of Russia, I mean, they get a lot of land. They 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 have a lot of resources. They're a communist regime, um, but California has a bigger economy than them. I think they're on. I think Russia has the same you know economic strength as France, and France is a much smaller country than than, than Russia. Um, so that, that's one. And then you have you have communist China. Where you still have people, you know, starving there. I would say it's, it's communist, you know, communist, communist, even you know, like an aristocracy um, as well there. And I don't know where, you know, they are an up and coming, you know, uh, but remember, there's up and coming, you know, economy, but they're still, you know, much less the United States, and also, uh, you know, they do have some, not a lot, but they still, they do have China does have some kind of pockets. I remember. I mean, they were brought into the uh, you know World Trade Organization, the WTO. You know, they've been brought into the WTO. Of course, to try to capitalize them, and they, they haven't gone there yet. Um, but but then also look at look at Cuba. They're a communist. They're a communist country. I wouldn't say they have a strong economy. So where the how if communism is the way to go, how come their economies? aren't as strong or stronger than the United States, which, of course, is a capitalistic or, – or even Europe. I mean if you even compare uh, – I mean even when I compare it with France and, and Russia, they're pretty much on the same par. So how are they much – how is how's that much better?
6: Um. Well, <laughs> the – well, you do have some great points there. Honestly, communism is a great fundamental idea, but the execution is not always perfect. Obviously, with Russia and and China, and what you said about China and the um, starvation, I believe that's like you mentioned earlier, more to the population. I know they have the one child uh, population policy going on over there, Mm -hmm. or the two Mm -hmm. child now, the two child now. Um, So I believe that that regulation will maybe help in the future somehow prevent that. But honestly, but what about freedom? I mean,
3: and I understand that they're trying to control the population but- i mean how would you feel if someone told you you can only have a couple of kids i mean isn't that in, isn't that infringing on one of your basic uh human rights as a human being is to have as many children as you'd like i mean that's infringing on a that's infringing on a human right to do that that should be my well, i, yes, I, I but, feel at least i think at least it should be my right to have as many kids as i can as i can have
2: <clears throat> isn't China well yes capitalism? yes
6: that a, that aspect is is somewhat limiting of your rights. But the reason that I support communism is because that it basically gives equal distribution to the people. And I know sometimes it does not work, but fundamentally, I think it is a great idea. And I know, I know people say unbalanced amounts of work, and if one person does more than the other, why do they deserve the same? I understand that, right. but I think if some way that we could level this out, that somehow that maybe we could all benefit, if you know what I mean.
3: Oh, I do I mean and it's an interesting and it's an interesting perspective. you know it's a little utopian, which you know I, I don't think is, is yeah, possible, yeah. but it is an interesting perspective, and we, you know we respect that i mean i I, I don't agree at this point you know if, if we can see some evidence of it through history, perhaps I mean we always want of course to uh, increase the the human condition and, and have a more you know fair but you know fair condition but i I'm, I'm one of those people who said, "Well, why if I work harder?" Than someone else, why should they get you know? Why should they reap yeah. the same benefits? And I could give you, I can even give you examples here in the United States, and, and you know, like like the, for example, we'll get a lot of this, but this is, this could be a good topic. And I really hope you call back to the show because I'd really like to have your your perspective on things because uh, we do like to have different ideas and perspectives and, and things of that nature on the show, yeah. certainly. Um, so I hope I hope you uh, save the show and save the length and the call and the number. We, I'd really like to have you have you on. Um, we have never had, uh, someone who's, who's been a, uh, you know, you know, communist be, you know, you know, a panel or give that perspective. So, you know, I definitely welcome it. Um, but anyway, yeah. because of, of the time constraints, it definitely, as I said to, uh, Rusty, you know, we'll keep your mic on as long as there's no background noise. And one of the things we don't do here is we don't jump over you people. Cause uh, you know, I watched a lot of talk shows and listened to a lot of talk shows in my time. And I hate when people over talk with each other and you haven't done that. And I really appreciate yeah. it. Um, But I do want to bring things back around, um, and I do want to get to our next topic, and I I do want to get yourself and Rusty's take on our next topic as well. And then in subsequent shows, and one of the things you can do, uh, Jerry and Rusty, is that uh, if you have different topics that you want to talk about on the show, uh, you can reach me through the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Send me a message to the contact page if there's a, a certain topic or  … uh, that you want to discuss, maybe if you want to discuss capitalism versus communism, that's definitely something we'd be open to to, to have a conversation about. Now, send me a message and we you know we could work up having a show on that. Um and then you know we could you know but we have our topics tonight that we want to cover. So let's go ahead and first before um, we, um, we do bring on our our, our next to- oh go ahead. Go ahead uh
6: Jared. Um, I'm sorry, I had to I have mm-hmm. to duck out so I won't be able to participate in the next conversation. But I really respect what y'all are doing, and I thank y'all for your time. I just want to say that even though we have different opinions, I really respect that, and I thank you for your time, and uh, thank you. Uh, why power? Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, you know, Now, was that Jerry or was that uh, Rusty? Uh, uh, Rusty is still here. That was Jerry. I don't know
2: what the hell that was.
3: Okay. All right. With that, yeah. That was, okay. That was Jerry. I, I was kind of interested on on the last comment. I, I would have liked to have maybe asked him more about that. Um, and that, you know, because I know there's one of the things uh, that Van Jones, not Van Jones, yeah, not Van, yeah, Van Jones was saying uh, was that you know when uh, Trump got elected, he he called it uh, this was a white lash, and and that's the topic for another uh, another night. And actually, we uh, we did bring that up. You know. Shortly after the election in 2016, uh, on that. Um, but again, that's a topic for another. So let's go ahead and bring things back around. Uh, but first, we'll do is we'll take some comments uh, on, you know, we'll just go to our next um, topic. If Jerry is still here, we would have uh, taken some uh, comments from the panel on on what he had to say. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and go to our next section, which is, um, you know, we'll talk about Rosenstein. Uh, and his possible his possible troubles that he might be having. So first, what we do before I get to the article is go ahead and bring it over to uh, the panel here, and let's uh, go ahead and open it up uh, to to you, Joseph, and then uh, to you, Susan, and then John. If you want to make any comments on that uh, of what you've got, you know, right now with Rosenstein, before I get to the articles uh no we'll go from there so go ahead john i'm not john i'm sorry go ahead joseph
4: uh, yes um that was that was interesting um uh, definitely a change of uh uh pace um i appreciate jerry conducting himself with uh decorum but and i'm not 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 bashing anyone whatsoever that's that's not what i want to do i want to uh, advance the dialogue but i find that most people who advocate for communism or socialism are actually people who've never lived under a communist or socialist regime. Um, I am a big supporter of what's called the victims of uh, communism. And if anyone is interested, um, it's the victims of communism uh, and uh, they have a very interesting website and uh, it talks about the millions of victims of communism. Uh, just a little snippet, on June 8th, 16 embassies, four delegations, and representatives from 39 ethnic and human rights organizations joined VOC, which stands for Victims of Communism, for the 11th Annual Truman-Reagan Medal of Freedom in Rome. Calls of Nations, Wreath-Laying Ceremony at the Victims of Communism Memorial on Capitol Hill, which this year honored late Cuban dissident and democracy advocate Oswaldo Paya. So it's what I find hypocritical, and this is for anyone in general, is those who are advocating for socialism or communism in any way, shape, or form, regardless of their arguments, how can you argue for something that you have no clue of what it really is about, except what you're researching on the web or what you're reading in a book. Talk to people who have lived in oppressed regimes for decades. Uh, people who sacrifice being smuggled on boats and trucks just to escape the grips of communism. Talk to them and ask them, how did that work out for them? And I almost guarantee you that 99% of them will say, well, that's why we sacrificed coming on a boat, even though we knew we could have died along the way, or coming on a raft 90 miles from Cuba to escape that regime. So one thing is to make an argument and say that, well, you believe that communism or capitalism is horrible. Well, another point how did that work out for the soviet union before the collapse of the soviet union they were in dire poverty still when the soviet union collapsed and they became uh an uh you know a sovereign nation again they were still in economic freefall they still to this day have not been able to dig themselves out of the hole of being under a communist regime so long they were they were choked economically So at the end of the day, I'd like to offer a proposal to anyone who wants to advocate for something. Before you advocate for something, and this is just my opinion here, is actually know what it's like to be in that other person's shoes or actually know what it's like to be living in an oppressed country before you start touting that you're a communist or you're a socialist or somehow you know about the subject because you learned it from a book or from a course. Because let me tell you something. Living in an oppressed regime is a stark contrast from reading it in a Karl Marxist book. And so once again, it's, it's wonderful that people like Jerry love communism. But have they ever thought to ask themselves if they lived in an oppressive regime such as North Korea or Cuba, would they even have the right to call in a show and then say that? The rhetorical question, they wouldn't, would they? <laughs> so, in the wonderful land of the brave and the home of the free, the evil capitalist country called America, right? You're able to go on a radio show or, or podcast because of the freedom of speech amendment, and you're able to say, I am a communist. I hate capitalism. Try that in North Korea, Jerry. Try that in Iran, Jerry. Try that in Cuba, Jerry. Try that in Venezuela, Jerry. Or to anyone else out there, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And then, then, if you do so, and you still come back and you say you love communism or you're a communist, then I will say, you know what? I can respect that. But until you actually know what it's really like to be under communist rule or a socialist country, which, by the way, you have thousands of Europeans trying to migrate out of Europe into the United States because the euro has collapsed and the European countries are in freefall economically because of decades of exhausting uh, the government's funds in in promoting socialist, socialized medicine and, and socialized uh, education. Ask them who are trying to migrate here, and leave Europe in droves, because they realize that after decades of the government having no way to pay for these benefits or these socialist programs, that it's not working. It's it's one of the main reasons why Britain. Wanted to exit the, the exit. European Union. And so well, that's
3: and all I have to say on that topic. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, have more discussions. I do hope Jerry call, you know, calls in, in another time because I mean, it is a, a definitely a perspective that, you know. It, does garner uh conversation certainly but unfortunately and this is again one of those, those shows i bet we could probably get in a fourth hour and uh whoever's got uh i got the background noise going where i guess i'm getting some texts or something like that we're getting a lot of beeping or uh, maybe it's even uh snapchat like what my daughter gets a lot and i hear when i call her it goes nye, nye. Uh, she's getting all these messages uh if you can mute the mic or I, or I may have to i hate to do that but i may have to so we're not getting background noise but uh since we only have about uh not even forty five minutes left for our next topic uh I do want to get um uh, uh this article in. it's a short one to start our conversation
4: uh
3: and this is uh from the federals dot com and i believe you could get that on the bards lodge Cloak talk hey. website but um it is um uh two months later isnstein still hasn't responded to uh you know what that's an old one that's back in may let's get um hey uh, this is a, this is only a five hour long uh, one and this is from uh, WND. It Says more trouble for uh, FBI Rosenstein And fight over threat. Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa. At war with. Co- hey, hey Hello. Hey uh, uh, yeah, it's me, Rusty. <clears throat> well, well, real, real quick,
3: <clears throat> Rusty. Let me get to uh, let me get to our our topic here our, with our topic article, and then I'll get you in, okay? <clears throat>
2: actually, I actually have something to tell y'all about this oh. whole communism thing, real quick. Look, uh, I don't the communist I thing. Okay, like real quick, possibly. and then we'll go go to that. Go ahead. I was born uh, in Chile back in uh, '77, so I was about six when uh, Salvador Allende came to power. I remember that thing, and uh, four years later, my parents took me out of Chile and we came to the US because you know. Uh, <clears throat> What was that? Did Pinochet came to power? And, you know, uh, while I am a Trump supporter, I don't really like Obama. I think he's, you know, big-time centrist. I think Trump is going to try to make America a little bit better. Mm-hmm. He gets out of this economic free fall, maybe try something a little bit more, some iron, you know, different. Uh, life under Allende really wasn't that uh, bad. Uh, while we did have a little bit of hardships here and there, but overall a lot of uh, – a lot of good things came. I remember uh, we got electricity for the first time. We got uh, running water for uh, the first time. It, I, I lived in Punta, uh, Punta Arenas in uh, southern Chile. It was a uh, <clears throat> rough time. It's been a long time since I've been in Chile, but uh, I remember. You know, uh, it may have been a little bit rough here and there, but for for the most part, things really weren't that bad. <laughs> But, you know, I came to the United States and I saw really kind of like the, uh, you know, the things that have uh, been happening to Chile. And I think that maybe Trump should try something else rather than keep on going down the road of European uh, liberalism. Because I think in Europe it may not necessarily work. but rather here. Maybe we could try something else, you know? Well, it's something
3: to, something to, you know, explore. I, I, I'll be honest. I don't know a ton about Chile except that I like the food, Chile um but uh i don 't know as much about the country. I certainly know more about uh Chile than chile uh but I definitely that is interesting because he uh Jerry mentioned that and then you did yourself so you know it does bar investigation again if you uh you could check out the the, the website and you know contact me from on the contact page and perhaps that could be a topic we can certainly uh discuss uh but here to uh our topic for this evening and rosenstein and we'll we'll keep you on if, of course uh, jerry and hopefully we'll be able to get everybody on the line. Uh, to make commentary on it, um, and that is uh, about Rosenstein. It says, the FBI hasn't had a good reputation the, uh, under the Trump administration with its use of salacious and unverified opposition research dossier to launch a probe of the Trump campaign, fired uh, Directors James Comey, open warfare against the president, and more. The latest flashpoint is a report that Assistant Director Rod Rosenstein threatened members of Congress – ...with subpoenas for their records. The move concluded famed legal analyst Jonathan Turley was really reckless. Fox News' Catherine Herridge Herridge reported on emails that describe a tense closed-door meeting in January. Written by House Intelligence Committee staffers, they said Rosenstein threatened to subpoena emails, phone records, and other documents from lawmakers and aides on the committee... In response to inquiries regarding the Russia probe, Fox News said, the DOJ and FBI have disputed the characterization of the meeting, with a DOJ official telling Fox that officials in the room described the description of events as false. Uh, Turley, a professor of constitutional law, explained Rosenstein is subject to oversight by committees in the House and Senate, and those committees have the right to see various documents supporting FBI investigations. The allegation that one party used the FBI to investigate the opposing party is one of the most serious matters for oversight in our system. Turley said on America's Newsroom, it goes to the very heart of our electoral system and our government system. Uh, one committee staffer said Rosenstein's threat was a sustained personal attack and downright chilling. The Gateway Pundit noted "Hedrich's report documented Fox News analyst Greg Jarrett's tweet, that second source now, has confirmed that in a January 10th meeting, Rosenstein, quote, used the power of his office to threaten to subpoena the calls and texts of the Intel Committee to get it to stop its investigation of DOJ and the FBI, likely an abuse of power and obstruction, end quote. Of course, the FBI and DOJ are disputing this account and defending Rosenstein, the blog reported. The swamp always protects their own. The DOJ insisted Rosenstein was responding to a threat of contempt, and Attorney General Jeff Sessions uh, agreed, which I'm um, really not a big fan of Sessions, but anyway. Representative Matt Gates, Republican Florida, said Wednesday morning he saw firsthand what Rosenstein threats did to congressional staff members. Uh, Gates tweeted, the DOJ intimidation and stonewalling tactics have gone too far. I've heard firsthand from congressional staff following threats delivered to W.A.G. Rosenstein. Staff has literally been scared to the point of physically shaking my office out of concern for their family. He said Rosenstein should remove himself from any Trump investigation, at least partly because he, quote, improperly signed a FISA application renewal. The Hill said Rosenstein's response to the controversy was to ask the House to investigate its own staff members. His original threat was, according to a lawyer for the House, going so far as to say that if the committee likes being litigators, then we too are litigators and we will subpoena your records and your emails referring to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and Congress overall. A DOJ statement said the threats were or the comments Weren't a threat Rosenstein, Rosenstein had spent months Battling requests from the committee For documents it needs to complete Its own investigation The gateway pundit said it is suspected That Rosenstein is the person behind The stonewalling and slow walking The attempted redactions Of the much anticipated IG report Which we talked about earlier Coming out Thursday Regarding the FBI's decision Not to refer charges in Hillary Clinton's email probe Former Assistant U.S. Attorney General Andrew McCabe wrote in a National Review column that the House Intelligence Committee is, quote, investigating whether the government has used the Justice Department's awesome investigation authorities as a weapon against political adversaries. We learned yesterday that in response to this very investigation, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein threatened to use the Justice Department's awesome investigative authorities as a weapon against political adversaries, in which I think we're talking about the Congress here, Uh, and the intelligence committees who are doing their duty by the Constitution to investigate (laughs) Rosenstein and what's going on there. So McCarthy – I mean, I've never seen anything like this, I'm telling you. Uh, Mark uh, McCarthy said Rosenstein threatened to subpoena the committee's records does not seem to be a serious dispute. There are differing accounts about why. House investigators say that Rosenstein was trying to bully his way out of compliance with oversight demands. The Justice Department offers a lo- lawyerly counter that Rosenstein was merely foreshadowing his litigation position that the House were trying to hold him in contempt for obstructing, obju- uh, for obstructing its investigations. Either way, McCarthy wrote, the best explanation for the outburst is that Rosenstein is beset by a profound conflicts of interest, and he's acting like it. McCarthy explained the position in which Rosenstein found himself. Among other say- things, the House Intelligence Committee and senior Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee were pressing for disclosure of the applications the Justice Department submitted to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court the FISA court, for warrants to eavesdrop on Carter Page, a former Trump campaign advisor. Back then, we were being told that the FBI and Justice Department would never provide the FISA court with an unverified allegation from third- and fourth-hand anonymous foreign sources purveyed by a foreign former spy whose partisan work, including the planting of media stories at the height of the election race, had been paid for by the Democratic presidential candidate. We were being told that if the sources of information presented to the FISA court had any potential biases, those would be candidly disclosed to the FISA court, which, of course, we all know that they were not. And we were being told that information in FISA applications is so highly classified that disclosing it would reveal methods and sources of information, almost certainly putting lies and national security in jeopardy. What did happen? We learned that the Justice Department and FBI had, in fact, submitted to the FBI court the Steele dossier allegations from Russian sources on the untenable theory that the foreign purveyor of these claims were, were Steele, was trustworthy, notwithstanding they was not making the allegations themselves, but was only relying the claims of others. So what this comes down to is Rosenstein is, is – is, under congressional oversight, as is their right and duty of the Congress oversight, you know the you know the balance of power, right? The three branches of of government, okay. One is supposed to balance another, okay. The you know he's coming from Rosenstein is part of the executive, so they have the right to oversight the executive. Just like Trump, as the head of the executive, has every right to fire Comey, has every right to fire uh, Mueller which is his, his right and constitutional power to do so. Um, but Rosenstein doesn't like the oversight, so it sounds like he's pushing people uh, to try to keep them from pushing for him to do what he's supposed to be doing as part of the oversight. And they're ta- saying, look, you're going to be contempt of Congress if you don't supply this documentation and these redactions. Uh, and he's like it so now he's going to try to uh, threaten folks in order to uh, to stop them. And of course, again, abuse of power. And I mean, as I said, I've never seen this effort uh, before. Uh, and I know you, uh, Owen. It looks like we lost uh, uh, looks like we lost Rusty, but we do appreciate it, uh, Rusty, coming on the show. And we do hope that he calls back. But I know you've been in uh, you've been in politics and follow politics as well uh, for a long time. Uh, Uh, joseph i mean have you ever seen anything like this before
4: no unprecedented
3: and i was really hoping to get uh those two takes but i mean interesting folks on the show i'm glad i'm I'm glad they call in i hope we hear from uh from them again so um it, it would be interesting and so yeah i mean i've never seen anything i mean this is this is crazy it's kind of i mean you know, I wouldn't want to use the word exciting because it's, it's really not. It's kind of like, wow, <laughs> you know, um, and, and it makes you wonder how can how can anything get done when and what what are other countries, you know, when they're looking in seeing what's going on with us. But of course, you know, these other countries probably have uh, it's kind of like it can't happen here. We expect this kind of stuff really to happen in Russia. Right. Um, but can this happen here? But of course, all I mean, At least we could show that, you know, our different departments, you know, are kind of going back and forth where maybe that that wouldn't happen in other countries because they're all pretty much uh, controlled by the uh, the central government there in places like, you know, um, places like Russia and and China. And and let's, you know, and and I don't know about Chile. I mean, do you know much? I mean, I know, and I'm only bringing it up because they did. I mean, do you know much about uh, Chile? Uh, Anyone here on the panel? I mean, I don't really know a lot about Chile except – the food that I like, but beyond that, I don't.
4: I know that Chile, um, during the 19, late 1960s and 1970s, and a lot of the, uh, Latin American countries, uh, a lot of them, um, the Soviet, yeah, definitely the Soviet union was trying to, uh, assist rogue regimes, um, who supported a communism, uh, System to uh, take over Latin America, and you did have a lot of rogue regimes and regime changes, and a lot of Latin American countries that went through that transition. And unfortunately, Chile was one of those countries that was affected by that in the late 1960s and, and throughout the 70s. So you had a lot of people who were uh, political asylums uh, refugees. Yeah, they I mean, of, I mean, he sounded legit. I mean, he sounded
3: legit, knew what he was talking about, but you know. I would. I'll be honest. I'd have to do more research on that. That's that's never been. You know, Chili's never been. You know, and, and that that whole era, to be honest, really never carried a lot of interest with me. To be honest, I hate to say, but it's true. Exactly. Uh,
0: what about you, Johnny?
3: You or Susan?
0: Hello. Oh, go ahead. Can you? Oh, okay. Um. Well, all I know is there's one thing everybody's forgetting in this whole thing. Even Trump. Um, George Washington talked about well, he didn't exactly use the words. He said, entangle our peace and prosperity in the toils of the European ambition. But that would also apply to every country. Um <clears throat> And Thomas Jefferson said, if I can find it here, ah, why is it when I want to find something? Well, he was pretty much on the same page. Friends with all and no entangling alliances with none. Um, because Jefferson did say entangling alliances. Um, so... I, I, it makes me nervous sometimes when we get in all these treaties and all this stuff, only to um, realize that we're we're going against what George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, peace, commerce, and honest friendship with all nations, but entangling alliances. With I, I just it does make me nervous. I, I liked the Monroe Doctrine, which, which was um, you know isolationism. I I believe to some degree in that maybe not as harsh as you know some people are a few people but I do believe in it and um, I have one question to ask you. and I got to get off too Um, what one thing does Donald Trump Kim Jong Un and Trey Gowdy have in common
3: hmm Hello. I know that I know oh, the okay. punchline here, but I don't know what it is.
5: They're male. <laughs> what? They're all male. I. Well, yeah, well, there you go. They're all male. True.
0: No, they all have bad hairdos.
3: <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: That, that, is, they true. Look at that them. is true. They really that do. I mean, it's pitiful. I was just but, but, looking him, I was like, I don't care who's short, I don't care who's what. Look at those hairdos; they all of them. Me and and Trayette, they all need new barbers. <laughs> it's, it's pitiful. <laughs> but before,
3: real quick though, but before you go, but before you go, Susan, I mean, do, do you have any? Uh, Want to have any commentary on uh, on the Rosenstein? Uh, I mean, like, you know, do you think is it him threatening uh, these people in Congress gives uh, Trump the right to get rid of him? To you know you know, fire him, right? Get rid of him as well. Or, uh, you know, any closing comments on anything we discussed tonight before you got to go?
0: So he thinks that Congress is going to get rid of him in some way. Well, firing is applies to everybody, right? Not just the average Joe working in a factory or something. I mean, people get fired all the time, and Congress, if they use their power rightly, has the right to do many things, including forcefully, oh, Supposedly, and they you they should have those rights. They have to. He has to consult with them about war, you know, or if he's going to declare it and stuff. So, you know, if he did stuff wrong, then he needs to answer for it. Everybody does. I'm not for favoring anyone, so that's about all I have to say on that. These, these soap opera dramas that we find these.
3: Yeah, and it almost in it it seems like it almost seems like that, doesn't it? It almost seems like that. But well, thank you very much. Of course, we always uh, appreciate you coming a, in. We could write um, a
0: soap. We could write a soap opera drama on Washington D.C. <laughs>
3: Yeah, there you go. Uh, as the swamp turns, right, or as the, well, there you go as the swamp drains, or something. I don't know. Uh, but look, but John, I mean, do you get? Um, you know, what, what's your take on, on on Rosenstein? Do you think this would be a good position where, uh, you know, if this all pans out to be true, which I, you know, I think it is, of course, there's back and forth, of course, denials, not. I mean, do you think that would be a good grounds for uh, for Trump getting rid of Rosenstein? I mean, I think he should get rid of Sessions too, to be honest, but. Um, but the, since Raising seems our her topic here.
0: Get rid of them well, all.
3: Miss <laughs> Susan,
5: oh, yeah.
0: bef- before you go, yes.
5: let's not excite the movement, you know, because men with the bad hair might start saying, oh, you're being discriminated. That's harassment. You know, we got enough Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs> to go on. Us too, yeah. I'm yeah. not interested in Me Good Too
0: movement. Good point, John. Good point.
5: But Oh well No, I'm not for uh, those <laughs> Yeah that just stuck me in, And it just struck up to me That you know there's a lot of this going around now And I'm looking for the whiplash To come back because it's uh, Everybody's pointing fingers Oh you're offending me You're offending me now, It's like we're all offended You know it ain't just that group But anyway as far as Rosenstein you know As the um, cesspool swirls Um soap opera the the sad part is is there's so many different factions that are already interloping insurrectionists within all agencies in every division and department of our government but there's fascist, there's communists there's socialist, there's Marxist, you know there, there's plenty more than that i'm sure that you know that are just derivatives of those and each gang, to them as gangs, you know, each one of them are, they got their little soldiers in each department. And that's why, in certain circumstances and situations, Obama was able to pull off certain things because he had so many of his henchmen in certain departments that it didn't matter what other factions had to say, whether it was the Freedom Caucus or the, you know, elite Republican Establishment Caucus, he had enough of his people to get his deal done regardless well we're fighting that same thing today and that's part of the issue it's like trump has got his back against the wall he's got all these people in our government and even you know corporations around the world that are influencing all this stuff and they have their own idea and they don't care about the constitution they don't care about the declaration of independence just like the gentleman that came on here talking about communism Well, naturally, if he was an American, in my humble opinion, he embraced the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States, and he would realize there's really no room for the, you know, communist or even any kind of socialism or whatnot. However, he just, from his standpoint, he said, he was thinking of it from a more pure standpoint because the actual operation of how it gets carried out never gets carried out correctly well that's the same thing we're struggling here in America our constitution may be a very good document but nobody tends to follow it they they want to give lip service to the particular pieces that benefit them for whatever you know they're struggling to fight for at that particular time but then whenever somebody else in a different faction starts wanting to use the Constitution to fight for them, you know, their position. They'll just pick the certain parts out that they want, and then the the other group's trying to combat it. And it's, it's just a dung-throwing contest back and forth, back and forth. So each group has got their little soldiers embedded in the different departments and agencies, and this is just going to be another one of those Machiavellian, like Joseph said, uh, I, I can't remember exactly the word, uh, he used uh it's it's basically gonna end up being a play to the people to make us think, you know, that this marionette thing has really got the best interest of the rule of law in their in in its interest, but it doesn't. They're gonna nefariously continue to manipulate and Trump's backs against the wall having to do the same thing and that's why he's pulling some executive punches that normally wouldn't be acceptable but it you know, that was part of the reason why he i guess feels he's got to do that stuff he's leaving out the you know forgotten men and women but he may be calculating certain movesmen and senators or i should say house of representatives in the senate those folks are continuing to consolidate their power with the laws that are passed, and they're pandering to Trump in certain instances in order to get those bills to pass, and Trump doesn't seem to understand the underlying subsurface manipulation in those bills that's going on in order to make sure that the power remains in the hands of the congressmen and and senators to be manipulated by outside factions that have big money, because think about it. Nobody in Congress and stuff like you guys were talking earlier. You know, President Obama, as a senator, was pretty much dead broke. Dr. Tolbert brought that up. And then now he's $40 million, you know, in the good. Well, and all that happened throughout his time in office. Well, most of the people in our government are very similar the same way. They came in, you know, making less than a hundred thousand a year, but they're all millionaires within the first, you know, term or second term, if, depending on whether they're on a two-year or six-year or whatever term. And part of that is, is because the people in that's got the money, the multi-billionaires that have the global enterprises around the world, they know how to use that money to influence situation and to. M- keep this dog and pony show going and make it look like we the people, you know, have these interests that we need to talk about and we never change the actual structures and the processes and procedures and rules of how the system works. We just keep changing people out. So now there's a whole bunch of people that's, you know, like if you look at, I don't know how much stats you can really pay attention to. It's kind of hard to take them with a grain of salt. But you know, if we've got 90 some odd million people in on either unemployment or in some form of social welfare on the dole, then we got expenses, and those people are not in the labor force, so therefore, if they were in the labor force, there'd be no need for any other foreigners coming in to take on any jobs. Well, mm-hmm. the big folks don't care about that stuff, and so therefore, they're happy with flooding the market with more people. And we got enough crime in America as it is, you know, with just our regular citizens trying to fight and scrap. Most of the people that are in, um, incarcerated, they're in because, of, you know, smoking dope or weed or something like that. And then, you know, the sad part of it is is it's just lip service to we, the people, from our congressmen and senators, because none of these people that's serving in prison – ever accepted the fact that, hey, I can be burdened and encumbered that if I've got, you know, uh, weed or whatever small infraction that you can send me to jail and run roughshod over me. So, therefore, the, the prisons are getting overcrowded and they're having to let some of them out. Donald Trump chooses to use a pardon to let some of them out. Well, a lot of these people play the game in order to get out when they get back out. Very few businesses going to hire them. And then we keep flooding more foreigners into our country that come from third-world countries that have this kill-or-be-killed mentality because they don't have a freedom, liberty, and independence kind of mentality that we Americans so opposed we have. So when they come over here, they bring that cutthroat mentality with them. And it's survival of the fittest mentality. Now when all of these people are overcrowded in our Prisons and they're coming out in the streets again, and no businesses will hire them. And we've got more people that's not even going to the, um, you know, workforce commissions and employment agencies because they know that they've run out of benefits. They have no sense in wasting their time filing the paperwork and applying for, you know, any extension on benefits. So, therefore, they're going out hustling, trying to find out a way to make ends meet. And then they're stealing and thieving from the lesser uh, – Resourced people because the well-informed or well-resourced people usually have some form of protection or security, and that's why Mia Long passed that doggone amendment with the omnibus in order to make sure that all the congressmen and senators could use the regular fund, general fund of the Treasury to put all kinds of security systems around their house because, see, they see this stuff coming just like I see it, and they're building themselves up and they're putting protections around themselves and they're using our tax dollars to do it but you and i we don't get that same privilege to go use the general treasury to do what we want to do and make security around our houses and make sure that we've got enough whatever it is we think we need but that's what they're doing and then they're getting ready for this stuff to break and they know it, they want it to do that because they want to break the back of America, so that way the corporate globalists can control the world, and that's where the, all this stuff ties in. And too many times we talk about the players and, and and the distracted stuff that the media feeds us, when the true things that we need to be dealing with to straighten this stuff out goes undetected and undiscussed. We just it goes by the wayside. So. That's just my food for thought on that and I want to challenge everybody or not challenge. I want to um suggest or recommend everybody call your since I'm trying to be civil about this, you know, definitely you want to protect yourself in self defense, but at the same time you want to continue to try to get the congressmen and senators to Stop all legal and illegal immigration because we still have to reduce the national debt. All the people on the dole that's in the, in the the incarcerated in our jails, that's in, towards the national debt. All the people on the public dole for social services, whether it be unemployment, food stamps, SNAP, that's a national debt issue. we got to reduce the national debt. So we got to help figure out how to get these people a life worth living, that they can get off the public dole and support themselves. And that helps strengthen national security in the process, and it also reduces poverty in the process, and it helps reduce crime. Because when these people feel like they have something to live for and they've got something, you know, like a property, cars, blah, blah, this and that, that they don't feel that they have to struggle to, you know, protect and, you know, uh, beat up their fellow man in order to keep it going, then they usually chill out and get along with people. And it, anyway, we got to make sure that our congressmen and stuff look out for all of the legal United States citizens and not just the cronies because remember whenever all heck was breaking loose in 2008 and 9, whenever the banks were collapsing, they all got bailouts, but the people that lost their house because of all the, home, the all the jobs that were outsourced to these foreign nations, all those people got left out in the cold. And so, therefore, those people are some of the people that also are getting sick and tired of hearing this um, uh, just pandering to them and realizing the system's rigged and it's not working. And that's why you're still hearing about police getting killed and shot and people's stuff getting stolen. And the media is trying to hide a lot of that stuff because the bigwigs are still trying to use Congress to push through the DACA and all these other things that give them the right to uh, – Oh, man, it just goes way deeper than I know how to communicate. I hope I'm trying, and I think I've taken up too much time. I want to respect your time and the good work you're doing, Robert, so I'm going to turn it over back to you. I think I got the point across. Call your congressmen and your senators. Tell them what I just said. Stop all the legal and illegal immigration until we get everybody off the public dough, and our country is stabilized within the people that's already here with a life worth living so we can reduce crime and poverty and this stuff, and then we can think about introducing more people into America. But until we got... All of our people that's legal here already taken care of. We don't have any business bringing anybody else out. We don't need no more favoritism and discrimination with these people who work in our government, running roughshod over us, treating us like a pimp represents a prostitute. Back to you, Robert.
3: Yeah, and uh, and actually that's one of the things that uh, back in 2012 that Virgil Goode uh, he was running for president for the Constitution Party. Now, of course, the unemployment was much higher than it is now. He uh, was stating that not just uh, putting a moratorium on, uh, you know, trying to stop the flow of illegal immigration, he wants to put a moratorium on all immigration uh, yeah. until the – now he said, he, he, you know, he said where the uh, – Unemployment rate reached 4%, which we're, we're, we're there now. So I guess at that point there would have been that. But he also uh, proposed uh, a constitutional amendment for balancing a budget. But we do have uh, where uh, it's about. We, we, John, I got I got to take the closing comments here. Um, I just want to because take we unfortunately that. run out of time. So I got to take closing comments uh, with with uh, uh, Joseph. But I mean, is it a quick comment or? Yeah.
5: It's just the employment rate, you know, there's six different levels, and the U3 is what they always talk about. And Trump is doing the same thing Obama did. They leave out the labor participation rate because so many people have dropped off the rolls from applying for help that they are no longer counted. That's how you get the unemployment rate that low. And he just likes to present the positives. That's why they neglect to talk about the rest of it. Uh, You
3: know, Dr. Tolbert brought that up before. Back to you. Do you know what the percentage is real quick? What, what, what they call true unemployment is? I, that's, that, that's that other term, uh, what true unemployment
5: U You six, I, I don't know what the actual amount is. It's closer to, from what I hear, around 17%, but I don't know that that's true. I haven't looked in a while. But the labor participation rate was like 62%, 63%. That means approximately 37% of the population is no longer in the labor pool. That's 118 million people.
3: Well, that's something bearing uh Do some investigation and, and, and send me uh, send me a message there uh, through the website. Uh, but we do got to go ahead and uh, let's bring over to you, Jensen, for closing comments. And then, unfortunately I'll have to close up the show. I appreciate everybody uh, coming on. It's a great show tonight. Definitely share out the link to people so that they can uh, listen as well. And, and they're also, of course, uh, welcome to call in, to chime in. And uh, if you have any guests or anything you want to bring on the show, again, you're uh, definitely uh, welcome to do that. And, of course, uh uh, do consider if you would, uh, my campaign and uh sending my daughter to Italy. Uh they did actually extend my uh I guess I had a deadline uh so they had, uh extended that for me. I was uh now I'm down to like uh the the goal for like the twenty third of this month is like just two hundred and ten bucks now. So any, any amount is appreciated uh for folks. So uh just you know, consider that appreciated. But let's go ahead and get those closing comments uh from yourself, Joseph, and then unfortunately I'll have to close out of the show, we probably could have gotten another hour out of it, but uh, that's okay sometimes. Uh, but I look forward to hearing from everybody next week. Uh, so go ahead, Joseph.
4: Yes, I just wanted to close out this show by giving this website. It's called org, and I'm actually doing volunteer work for them. And I just encourage uh, everyone to check out their website. And uh, actually, uh, whether it's those who are – for communism or against it uh definitely check out um you know what they do as a, a nonprofit and uh also see the testimonials of um you know uh people who have been oppressed by the regime of communist nations and how has how, how it has affected uh millions of, of lives um throughout the uh, you know Throughout the centuries uh, and, and especially the 20th century And that, that's all I have to say on that topic And look forward to being on the show Once again next week And goodbye And see you, uh, hear you all next week We'll
3: see you all next week and one thing I'm trying to pull up with my computer Would, uh, uh, would allow me to try to do it real quick It's uh, As usual Running slow, okay maybe I shouldn't have done that Because now it's uh, not responding That's just great Boy, um, <laughs> well, I was just trying to get pull something up here, and then uh, then it wasn't wasn't able to do it. But I guess I'll just have to uh, next week. Maybe I'll have that stat. I know one of the fun stats I like to look at is uh, some of the different countries actually that uh, percentage that listen to the show. But I'm trying to pull that up, but uh, the computer is not being very cooperative. So maybe I'll have that next week. I know there was a time where we actually even had some. Speaking of Russia, had a percentage of uh, the show or the listenership of the show in Russia. Uh, it wasn't a large percent, but there was still uh, a couple percent there, maybe one and a quarter or, or something like that. And I was trying to pull that up, but it wasn't I mean I I had to, didn't know if I had the time before I had to close things out. So, of course, I will have to close tonight, as I do every night. And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for coming on. We'll see you next week, and have a good night. And again, I'll tell you what NSA Bob is messing with my My thing again, there we go Thanks for letting me go NSA Bob You night folks